I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. Spectacular. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off even by lighting up. Boy. From my friends, the star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oy, this oy. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. We begin with breaking news in the investigation of former President Donald Trump's alleged mishandling of classified documents after leaving office. The former president is facing new charges, including allegations of obstruction of justice and the willful retention of national defense information. This brings the total number of charges to 40 in the first ever federal indictment of a former president. Plus, a third defendant has been named in the case. He is being described as a Mar-a-Lago employee who helped move some of the boxes containing classified material. The single greatest witch hunt of all time. I'm just not going to speak to the politics of this. I'm not going to speak to um, characterize any of this uh, for the president. What I can say is that, uh, and I've said this before, this is a personal matter. Uh, this is a Hunter Biden, as you know, is a private citizen. And uh, this was done in an independent way. This investigation is uh, being led by a Trump-appointed prosecutor. Uh, and so uh, the Department of Justice is independent. We give them the space to be independent. Uh, and we respect the rule of law. I'm just not going to get into details of characterizing. Has he spoken to Hunter? I'm just not going to speak to any private conversation that the president has with his family. The asylum seeker crisis continues in the city with the mayor pushing for more centers to open. Some communities are protesting asylum seekers being housed in their neighborhoods. Residents were fired up in College Point Thursday night. This is not what I want. Make that clear. But this is what we got. Councilwoman Vicky Palladino says a total of 300 asylum seekers, including women and families, will be bused to former St. Agnes Academic High School. For three months, the facility will become a migrant respite center, a temporary shelter. Temperatures and heat index values across the U.S. soared well above 100 degrees on Thursday, prompting excessive heat warnings up and down the East Coast. According to the National Weather Service, some 180 million Americans, about half the population of the United States, were under heat watches and warnings until at least Saturday. I don't think anybody can deny the impact of climate change anymore. Even those who deny that we're in the midst of a climate crisis can't deny the impact of extreme heat is having on America.
The great Randy Meisner. For the second straight day, we start the show talking about the passing of a music, well, I guess legend, I'm not sure, Sinead O'Connor ever reached legendary status. But Randy Meisner did. Randy Meisner was the guy, that's him singing right here at Ticket to the Limit. He was the guy that started the band, the Eagles. You love those guys, Don Henley, Glenn Fry, Joe Walsh. It all started with Randy Meisner. He passed away yesterday at the age of 77. He's doing the vocals on this great song, Take It to the Limit. Rest in peace, Randy Meisner. My phone is already blowing up on a Friday morning. Jeff Pickles, Richmond. I plan on seeing him at the gym in Monticello this Sunday morning. I'm going to see my mom, upstate New York, tomorrow. Susan Brown Otto up in Bethel. Mike Sullivan. Uh, Mike Sapraconi's guy. And uh, Jen Delandro. And Janice Dean. And Jim Kerr at 4.30 this morning. The legendary rock and roll host. At Q104, we talked about Randy Meisner. All that before 6 o'clock in the morning. I mean, the phone doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. Oh, my God. So Meisner dies, and usually on most days, that would start a really good rock and roll Eagles conversation between me and Lou Rufino. But my man Lou is on vacation. He always finds these small towns somewhere up in New York where they serve a lot of beer and no Jews. That may be the next T-shirt for the show. More beer, no Jews. I like it. Yeah. So Lou is not here, so he can't have that really good rock and roll conversation. Wow. The guy that actually ran the board before Lou Rafino, who has since been, I guess, promoted, I don't know what it's called, to executive <laughs> producer, and he also does the sports on this show, Justin Ellick. He's back to running the board while Lou is vacationing, and that means Justin's seat is now vacant. Well, who could that be? Who could possibly sit in Justin's seat today Mm. as call screener putting together the sound sheet board today? None other, none Mm. other than one of the all-time greats on this program, a guy that I miss desperately, and I don't care if that makes Chad upset, because I love Chad to pieces, but my God, I've not gotten one decent explanation yet. Here he is back on the show, the great Macedonia Phil. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Sid. How does it feel to be back in that seat? I kind of feel awful. Mm. Why? What's wrong? I'm not used to waking up this early again. Oh, that's it takes right. a little bit of adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you rather be getting up this early in the morning and uh-huh. working on this show uh-huh. or doing the uh, horrible shift on the shows you're working on now? I'm going to plead the fifth. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? It's like the Stockholm Syndrome here. They've got this kid scared to death. It's brainwashed. They've got him scared to death. Yeah. They waterboarded me. Like, I go to my, I go, hey, Phil, Lou was off all of next week. So ideally, the team that I want, and you would think what I want, I would get, right? Right, right. No one at this station comes close to me at ratings. I basically carry the whole station. If that bothers you, I don't care. <laughs> you want to talk facts or you want to bullshit with each other? Guys, you're getting threes on this station. I'm getting sixes. You would think they would do anything I want. They don't. They don't. 
So ideally, with Lou Walt next week, the team that should be here is Justin and Phil. But they have Phil coming in for one day. One day. It's like a, and some kid I've never heard of is working on this show next week, and I'm not okay with that. I know he's a good kid. I don't care. For five days, give me back Phil. It is such a, like a, it's, I don't know what's going on here, but it's become like a thing. You're not getting Phil. Like, what are you mad at me about? <laughs> All I do weird. is produce at this station. Yeah. You're not getting him. That's it. Some kid named Kevin is coming in next week. <laughs> what do you mean some kid named Kevin? So I go to Phil this morning. I go, Phil, if I can talk to management, if I can, and they allow this, he's so scared. He's like, well, I prefer to come in. What does that mean? What kind of unenthusiastic response is that? But he's scared to death. Look what they've done to our boy. What'd they do to you? They've ruined me. It's like back daddy, they like, they like water tortured him or something. I yeah. don't know. They've like crippled him down. They've, <laughs> I mean, they've whittled him down to like a, a, a shrewd of a man. What happened? I just want to make sure I could come in next week anywhere. It doesn't matter when. I remember when they first uh, were doing this, you were like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving. I've had enough. If I can't work with Sid, I'm out of here. Now you've completely changed <laughs> your tune. Did I say that? No, yes, you did. Now, think, all yeah, of a, now all of a sudden, I'll hope I'm back next week. What happened? What was the last conversation that... Um, that you had did they tell you not to complain no okay i haven't been told anything <laughs> right it's just one of those things you learn right from your mistakes oh you're smart what mistake did you make what do you mean you learn from your mistakes what mistake did you make they yanked you off the show the number I guess one not show mis- mistake you know yeah, don't, don't, don't ever no, listen to me listen to me carefully okay okay <laughs> don't ever apologize for something you didn't do wrong what do you mean mistake no, i guess they, not yanked, mistake. they yanked you off the show I, I think you know, you know, in this business, you kind of you get told to do things, yeah, and you just have to do them sometimes. I th- it's one of those situations. Oh my God, what has happened to you? It's, it's this incredible. is unbelievable. Yeah. I'm this a PG is... now. Oh maybe, my maybe God, maybe we maybe we don't want him around next week. Yeah, maybe Kevin. Maybe, maybe I, that kid Kevin will be better than me. Right. He probably be better. Maybe than me. I, I, maybe I don't want this version of Phil. Well, my daughter's here this morning. Ava, maybe Ava's sitting that. She's seat. petrified. She's petrified. Oh, Ava of, of Phil. I mean, my God, you're scaring people. Yeah. Am I, I? I'm trying to be as safe and friendly as possible right now. <laughs> no, it's um, not HR has, has flipped me. Come in in a hot sweat. It's like sweating head to toe. I feel well, uncomfortable was, being here right now. It was like, twenty. She was twenty-seven, <laughs> 27 minutes late to minutes begin with. Yeah. You know how the subways could be. <laughs> Something's never changed. Right. The one day we need him, he's uh, yeah. But by the way, not going to be there on time. Oh, twenty-seven minutes late. Twenty-seven minutes late. Twenty-seven. Not twenty-eight. Not twenty-six. Twenty-seven. Right. right. All right, so we'll get to the big story now, which is not Macedonia Phil back on the program or Ava being in studio today. And that is this uh, Donald Trump indictment. There are now new charges in this uh, document case. You know, they're up to 40 charges now? 40. And they've included a third defendant. The good news is Trump's attorney, my dear friend of 46 years, Joseph Takapina, will join us at 840 this morning after another great appearance on Sean Hannity's show last night. And we'll talk to Tack about specifically what this nonsense is. But Alan Dershowitz, who's become a Sid Rosenberg fave, you know the attorneys on this show all the time, Arthur Idala, Alan Dershowitz, and Joseph Takapina. Dershowitz was on Newsmax, and he talked about the, uh, the new additions to the Trump classified docs indictment. I'm going to give you a, a little secret. I was talking to somebody inside the Trump organization yesterday. And Dershowitz has said on this show before that Trump is having issues putting together a legal team because in the law business, you will be blackballed if you represent and defend 
Donald Trump. So otherwise, very good attorneys like Macedonia Phil, for example, are scared to death. So they're staying away from Trump. Dershowitz is in his 80s. He doesn't care. He's been through it all. He's seen it all. And I said to Dershow on the show a couple of days ago, I said, why don't you represent Trump? Right? You're all about Constitution. You're all about what's right and wrong. He said, you know what? I don't ordinarily defend the same person twice. And he has defended Donald Trump once before. I said, doesn't matter. You should do it. So, and Dersh doesn't know this, but I was talking to somebody inside the Trump organization yesterday, and um, I told them, call Dershowitz, <laughs> which I'm not sure Alan wants or not, but he needs a good attorney. And Alan really believes that the DOJ is going out of their way to screw Donald Trump. There's no case here. There is nothing here. So, well, that's the Mar-a-Lago case, obviously. This is, uh, that's the case I was calling, uh, I spoke to about the, uh, about Dershowitz. But Dershowitz now is talking, of course, about the second indictment, which he does believe, he does believe an Audi Idala is a little more serious, which of course is the documents. So here Dershowitz on Newsmax talks about the latest charges. Alan Dershowitz, Justin, cut number 12. Well, it would interfere with the election, there's no doubt. But if he has, in fact, committed serious crimes, that's his fault, not the prosecution's fault. But if it's uh, an elective indictment, if it's something that could either go uh, one way or the other, then it shouldn't be brought during an election campaign. Uh, he now will face at least three indictments, perhaps the fourth one in Fulton County. And, uh, look, I have a constitutional right to do what I've done twice, that is to vote against Donald Trump on the merits. And I intend to exercise that constitutional right, and I don't want prosecutors to take that away from me and the millions of other people who want to vote either for or against Donald Trump. The vote should be up to the people, the citizens, not up to a bunch of bureaucrats who decide uh, that he should be indicted. Another one of Donald Trump's attorneys is Alina Haba. I had a chance to meet Alina at Judge Jeanine Pirro's book signing party put on uh, beautifully by John and Margot Katsimatidis right across the street at Smith & Walensky a couple of months ago. And you know, Alina, she is attractive, and she even did a story on basically, don't hold it against me that I'm beautiful, I'm also a great attorney. She actually said that. She's been on this show once or twice, and she came out yesterday also on Newsmax and talked about the Trump uh, indictment, the latest chargers, and also called it a publicity stunt. This is uh, cut number 13, Alina Haba on Newsmax. The reality is what we've learned today was more effective from the press that got leaks from the DOJ than from the attorneys that were actually sitting with the DOJ. And that, folks, is literally all that America has become, and it's a terrible thing. When I, who is not in the meeting, am hearing leaks while the attorneys that are in meetings are talking to the DOJ, that's concerning to me. And that, to me, tells me that this is, again, a publicity stunt. And that's what America should realize. When the DOJ has a PR person putting statements out on Twitter about the status of a private grand jury investigation that should be confidential and breaking privilege, we are in a state of crisis. Not because Donald Trump stood up and said, be peaceful and uh, and and do something peacefully, but because... Our justice system is so corrupt from within and from the top that they can't see straight because they're so scared that Donald Trump might come in and clean house.
Most rational people realize what's going on here. This is once again the DOJ trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency, his chance at a second presidency. That's all this is. All of this stuff, even the second one, the documents case with Jack Smith, seems to really have something on Trump. All of these, all of these are all about getting Trump off the ballot. Everybody knows that. It's a complete disgrace. And Ted Cruz was on Capitol Hill yesterday saying just that. This is Ted Cruz, Justin, cut number 14. The Democrats hate democracy. They are deathly afraid the voters will choose to elect Donald Trump. They don't want that to happen, and so they are trying to use the machinery of law enforcement to prosecute him. I think these these indictments are a disgrace, and I think Merrick Garland should be impeached and removed from office for allowing the Department of Justice to be turned into a partisan hammer to attack the political enemies of the White House. Well, I agree. They should all be impeached. Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, of course, Mayorkas, he's in charge of the border. It's safe. It's secure. Uh-uh. And, of course, the biggest criminal of them all, President of the United States, Joe Biden. Again, folks, huge guest list today. My daughter, Ava, is here. She'll be here all morning long. I'll pop her on at some point. Christopher, uh, Christopher Mad Dog Russo will be here today. Curtis Sliwa. Mike Sapraconi. You may not know that name, but you will. He is a retired detective living in Nassau County, who's now running against George Santos. Mike Sapraconi will join us. Nancy Mace. Nancy was all over the news yesterday. First, she took part in those UFA hearings on Capitol Hill. But secondly, she was late for a prayer breakfast with Tim Scott. You're going to find out why. Nancy Mace will join us. Same defense attorney Joseph Takapina on the latest Trump charges. He'll join us. And out of the great borough of Queens, where I now live, Vicky Palladino, on not one but two rallies in that borough last night about the migrant crisis headed by the mayor, Eric Adams. The number, as always, one 800 848-WABC 1-800-848-9222 This is going to be a great Friday show. Keep it right here. Your favorite talk show in New York City. The numbers prove it. Sitting friends in the morning exclusively on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
Anastas. Weekdays on 77 WABC. You can hear my reports, Positively Ernie, weekdays 945 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. It's how to make life better with positive news you can use. Listen weekdays with Sid and Friends in the Morning at 945 a.m. and with America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani, 3.30 p.m. Ernie Anastas, bringing you good issues with a positive spin. Ernie Anastas is ready to begin a new chapter. On 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Anthem for the state of New Jersey, born to run by the great Bruce Springsteen at 6.30 on your getaway Friday morning as we wind down July. That's right, next week, already August. Stephen Van Zandt, Little Stevie from the E Street Band, also played, of course, Silvio Dante on The Sopranos. You know he's a dear friend of mine. I know he says horrible things about Republicans, which I am one. Horrible. He's called us cockroaches, including me. But for the sake of repetition, I just don't care. We've been over this a billion times. I used to fight with Bernard, God rest his soul, about this. I don't care. I still see Robert De Niro movies. I still listen to Barbara Streisand. And Stephen Van Zandt is still one of my dearest friends. Is he a psycho? Yeah. Does he sound stupid when he talks politics? Yes, I've told them, you sound stupid. Just like my sister and brother-in-law. Do they sound stupid? They sound stupid. But I still love them. So he's going to come on on Monday because Springsteen just had this incredibly successful European tour. In fact, Rolling Stone magazine wrote that at this point they've gone ahead of U2 and the Rolling Stones as the biggest band in America today. And now they start touring here in the United States, and according to my dear friend Michael Sullivan, who I did see last night at Gaby's basketball game, August the 29th, in about a month, we're all going to go to the Springsteen show in Jersey and hang out with Stevie and Bruce and the whole band backstage, which if Christopher Mad Dog Russo hears this, he'll be very, very jealous, but Doggy's coming up in about an hour at 7.30. And I did see uh, Mike last night. Gabriel had his fourth basketball game of the year and my son's team fought very very hard it was a tight-knit game all the way and in the end gabriel's team won by one point so now they've evened up their record with two straight wins at two and two and it was a big night for mike because he came to watch gabriel play and on the court right next to gabriel his kids were playing and i believe they won two a and s at the harbor with austin and andrew they won two 
I also saw Jason Sapolo last night, who also, uh, he went to Syracuse. Very, very, very good college basketball player. I think he played in the NBA for a bit. Ended up dating many, many years Lorraine Bracco, Dr. Melpy on The Sopranos. He was there with his kid last night, Brian Mullen, my uh, son's coach. His legendary father, Flip Mullen, at the game as well. Just a, a great evening. When you go down to this summer league for St. Francis on 129, it is an amazing night. The whole community shows up. Kids that are playing, kids that aren't playing, young kids, putting everybody on. It is just uh, something to see. And we play usually Tuesday and Thursday nights. We were rained out the last two games. But we got the win last night. And, again, thanks to Mike Sullivan and his beautiful wife, Donna. She was there as well for another great night in Rockaway. And, yes, Stephen Van Zant coming on Monday. We will be there in August backstage with Stevie and Springsteen. You're down playing that a little bit. What do you mean? That's a big deal. Yeah, I gotta wait till it gets closer. Right, and then you yeah. get all excited. Then I'll get all crazy. Right, yeah. and juiced up about I it. I got so much going on before that. I've got the movie premiere for, uh, not the premiere actually, the release of Inside Man, formerly uh, Gemini Lounge, coming out next Friday, August 11th. That's gonna be a huge deal. I am set to find out this weekend from Gustavo out in Los Angeles. The theaters in Brooklyn and Manhattan, they're gonna show the film, and I'm basically gonna rent the place out. And invite uh, listeners and, and friends and family. So that's even before that. That's August 11th. Right. And I'm still uh, pimping these tickets for me and Bill O'Reilly coming up October 27th at the Paramount Theater in Huntington. So I got a lot going on. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge star. Well, uh, no, no, you don't even know. Okay. You don't even know. I don't even know. A huge star. Right. I can't get on a subway. I can't (laughs) take a ferry. I can't walk down the block without somebody saying, oh, my God, Sid, I love you. Hmm? Every day, all day, everywhere. And I can't can't deny that to be the truth. It is 100% true. Yeah. Some would even say you're well-known. My son used to say that, yes. You remember that? Very good, Phil. He used to say, Dad, you're not famous. You're well-known. Now he goes, you ready for this? You're very well-known. He won't go famous. Yeah, but very (laughs) well-known. Yes, a big deal. So it was hot last night on the court. It was over 90 degrees when my kids started playing at 8.15 last night, when you consider the humidity and, you know, what, what it feels like coming off the blacktop on a basketball court. And I did speak to my friend Janice Dean over at Fox News at about 5 o'clock this morning, and she promised me this heat wave is going to end on Sunday. So today, very uncomfortable and dangerous, 93 degrees. Tomorrow, very uncomfortable and dangerous, 91 degrees, that completes the heat wave. That'll make three consecutive days of at least 90-degree temperatures. And then Sunday, it breaks, and the high on Sunday only expected to be around 82 degrees. But ABC New York 7 did a story last night here locally about these cooling centers. They've opened up about 500 of them to help low-income families escape the heat. And Mayor Eric Adams is all too willing to help. This is courtesy of Channel 7 locally, ABC, Justin, cut number one. 
It's really a climate uh, disaster that we're seeing firsthand across the globe. Not since August 13th of 2021 have we seen and felt this kind of oppressive heat here in our area. Today, it will feel like triple digits, 105 degrees. For Daniel, who lives in the Jacob Reese houses, that means slow and steady. You have window units. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How is it? Uh, it's good as long as you have it on a few minutes before you actually walk into the house or leave it on before you go do your groceries and stuff. Cooling centers throughout the five boroughs are now open. will give folks a break from the stifling heat. Those locations more essential to some people than others. Officials say up to 25 percent of people in certain low income neighborhoods do not have access to AC. Black New Yorkers, New Yorkers of color are twice as likely to die from heat related causes as white New Yorkers. Peak hours for this potentially life threatening string of hot days, noon to eight at night. The health commissioner is urging everyone to pay close attention to how you and others are feeling and if necessary, get help. Heat stroke occurs when the body's temperature rises so rapidly that it can lead to death. Which is why many people will be spending time at pools here in the city, which will stay open one hour later until 8 p.m. The president of the United States, Joe Biden, also spoke about the heat yesterday, plus more from the mayor, Eric Adams. We've got all of that. And don't forget, coming up after me this morning, he completes what was, I think, a excellent, excellent week. That is Dominic Carter, usually on uh, midnight during the weekdays, 11 to 1 Sunday nights. Dominic has done a great job this week of filling in for my friend Brian Kilmeade, and he finishes up the week today, coming up after me at 10 o'clock. We will hear from Joe Nolan for the first time this morning, coming up next with traffic. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is from... The Rita Cosby Show. And here, Rita talks about my friend, President Donald Trump. It can't escape me. Uh, the fact that Trump's first impeachment was for him making a call, remember, to the Ukrainian leader, uh, basically saying, hey, would you look into corruption with Joe Biden and the Biden family dealing with this Burisma? How ironic is it that here we are, fast forward years later, and this could be maybe the beginning of an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden on Burisma corruption tied to his son. Exactly what President Trump was calling about, and he got impeachment for calling. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. Ironically, I just got a text from your friend Pete Morgan. Peter. Yes, I did. And uh, let me read to you what he said before you do this great sports report. Okay, dokie. He said, uh, Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers, funny. Mm. I'll be at Giants camp on Monday, too. Wow. Maybe you can record some spots while we are there. <laughs> See you Monday in New Jersey. How about that? The great Pete Morgan. Peerless He's Spoilers. a big Giant fan. Of course he is. Big. Of oh, course yeah. he is. So you guys have fun together out there at Giants camp on Monday. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best-built boilers. Start the Mets here. They returned to the win column last night. 
tie with a 2-1 to win at home against the Washington Nationals. They'll try and make it two in a row in Game 2 of four with Washington. Set for tonight at 7.10 p.m. Max Scherzer gets a start against Washington's Mackenzie Gore. As for the Yanks, they open a three-game set in Baltimore tonight at 7.05 p.m. against the Orioles. Garrett Cole is scheduled to take the hill against Baltimore's Grayson Rodriguez. And back to the Mets briefly here as they all but officially declared themselves sellers yesterday ahead of the August 1st trade deadline with the offloading of closer David Robertson in a trade to the Miami Marlins for two rookie league teenagers. Robertson took over the ninth inning role for the Mets after star Edwin Diaz injured his knee during that World Baseball Classic celebration that basically spelled doom for the Mets season. Robertson was stellar at the back end of a shaky bullpen, posting a 2.05 ERA over 44 innings and saving 14 games for the Orange and Blue. Now over to Jetsland, as previously mentioned by Joe Nolan. Aaron Rodgers' restructured contract is already paying off for Gang Green, with the team set to welcome in star free agent running back Dalvin Cook for a visit to this weekend. The four-time Pro Bowl selection is due to arrive on Friday for meetings and a physical, so look out for updates on that. Sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. For the world's best-built boilers, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. I mean, Joe Biden is a bumbling, dementia-filled, Alzheimer's corrupt tyrant who should honestly be put in prison and or given the death penalty for his crimes against America. Uh, big guest is coming up today, folks. Curtis Sliwa, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Can't wait to have him on. Mark Sapraconi, if you don't know that name, I'm sorry, Mike Sapraconi. He'll be running against George Santos out on Long Island, retired detective. Nancy Mace, Joseph Tacopina, Vicky Palladino. But we start our Friday morning guest list with Iris by the Google Dolls playing in the background with a young lady I happen to know pretty well. In fact, I know her from the day she was born, from the moment she was born. Happens to be my 19-year-old daughter, Ava Caroline Rosenberg. She was here a couple of weeks ago on her way to go see my mother, Naomi Rara, today in the mountains. We are going tomorrow, me, Danielle, and uh, my beautiful wife, Danielle, and Gabriel. So Ava came to work with uh, Dad this morning, early, dark and early, and uh, she's here as we speak. Good morning, Ava. How are you? Good morning, WABC. <laughs> Hot out there, huh? I like it. You like it? Yeah, I really enjoy the heat. 
Well, you grew up basically in Boca Raton, so this is nothing. And I was playing tennis outside in the heat for so long. Yeah, and you don't wear clothing anyway. Oh my gosh! (laughs) I mean, geez, Ave. (laughs) But you like this place. You, uh, I mean, you've been doing radio with me since you're four, dating back to the days at six forty Sports when you actually interviewed Carl Jeffers all by Mm -hmm. yourself on Martin Luther King Day. And uh, you did stuff with me and Bernard, God rest his soul, when you were actually a Trump supporter back then. Oh, my gosh. That's changed. That's fine. Let's um, put that in the past. That's the past, right. In a that, shelf that, was, that is uh, the, the good old days. But uh, now you, you seem to love this place, yes? Yes, I do. I really like the atmosphere. I think it's fun, the drive coming into the city. And the station's just cool. There's a red carpet. There's everything. I feel yeah. awesome. Yeah, John uh, and Margot Katsimatidis. And John's got a daughter just like you. He's got one boy, John Jr., and he's got one girl, AJ. AJ's heavily involved in mm-hmm. the Republican Party here in New York. So we both share that, one boy and one girl. And, and mm-hmm. both of our girls are into politics. You may differ uh, mm, philosophically, but you're both into politics. I wouldn't even say I'm that into politics. I think. Oh, I just said I you think... are into politics. I, I said I, you may differ philosophically oh. with AJ, but you're into politics. I would say I, I'm not into the, the nitty-gritty politics. I'm not, I guess I'm more into, uh, yeah, philosophy, um, questioning things like critical thinking. The law is more interesting to me than the actual politics well, you, you, itself. Well, you're going to school for, uh, for law. Yeah. And you're about My to start your second said, year. Mom always says she wants me to be a politician, and I keep telling her no. Mommy never. said that always, and it makes me so angry because I have no desire to be a part of that. That sounds I've never miserable. Heard, I've never heard mommy no, say that she once. Has. Really? And it just sounds miserable. Listen to me carefully. Does anybody love you more than me? No. You'd be a horrible politician. <laughs> First of all, your uh, your policies are to the left of, of no. That's not true. I, uh, Bernie you know, Sanders. You know that I, and I don't even like to to. To, to put labels to things with left, right, liberal, yeah. this, because I don't yeah. believe in this bipartisan uh, political thing. Right. Even George Washington said that the, the two-party system would be the failure. George of, Washington, of uh, my beautiful daughter, has been dead for about 200 well, years. Well, he was right, because yeah. the right is getting um, even more radical, and so is the left. And both sides continue to diverge. But anyway, what I was saying, what was I saying, actually? You were saying uh, the mom wants you to be a politician. Yes. Um, yeah. No, but I was saying something else. No, you weren't. That was it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want to be a politician. No, I was saying that I'm socially more, as you would say, liberal, but I'm fiscally conservative. You are? Yes. For well, some that, you reason, you like think me. I'm like a communist or something, but like, <laughs> I just, I'm not. You sound like me. That's what I am. No, you're not as socially liberal as me. No, you 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 go too far. That's subjective. No, it's, it's 100% Subjective. True. I love you to pieces. You go way too far. Mom disagrees. Mom agrees with a lot of things. Well, 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 that's <laughs> Listen, I, I've been married to your mother for 31 years. Mm-hmm. I worship the ground she walks on. I think she's brilliant and beautiful and all those. Mm-hmm. And she's a great mom to you. Great mom. Yeah. But I don't care if she disagrees. My mom, your, your mom, Danielle, doesn't tell me what but to think or what politics, not to think. Politics have a lot to do with perception and experience and, and environment. So it, it's it's. It, it makes sense that we have such differing politics because we're such different people. We are? Yeah. How could that be, though? I created you, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I mean, you helped create You helped create me, I though. did create you. I think, I, wasn't, I think it was a drunken night at Kutcher's. All I know was, is it was New York. on the carpet or something. Yeah, Kutcher's. <laughs> <laughs> in upstate New York, that's true. Um, but that's okay. That That's what makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. And uh, it used to be a lot uh, more, uh, was rougher. Some of our dinner conversations. Oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely will admit that I was, I was 
uh, way too harsh before. Yeah. And I, I think I've become a lot more tolerant, moderate. Tolerant, yeah. Tolerant, moderate, and understanding of perception and how that plays a big role into beliefs and values. So you've been back now for about a month. And when do you go back to college? End of, end of September. September, yeah. You have so, a long break. You're home for yeah. a long time. But yeah. next year, basically, my class is next year. End of September, I start either the first week of October or the last week of September. Yeah. And I finish, like, beginning of June. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the plan for next so year. So people, when they hear that you went away, they think you did, like, a semester abroad. Everyone, but... If, that's wrong. You're actually yeah. going for three years. Yes. And yeah. in two years, so I just finished my first year, so two more years, I'll have my law degree. And I just want to let everyone know this on the radio, because I feel like people don't know this. Um, it, for the New York, to take the New York bar... All you have to do is get your law degree in the UK. You don't even have to qualify as, as a solicitor or barrister. And you don't even have to go to law school. So theoretically, in two years after I finished law school, I could come back to New York and take the bar without having to do anything else. That's not what I want to do. I want to finish fully. So another two years after these uh, three years to study uh, to become a solicitor or barrister, I still have to decide on that. Right. And then once I'm a qualified solicitor or barrister, which will take at most like five years, maybe six, I do not have to go to law school in America and for any state and to practice in any jurisdiction. I just have to study for the bar. So I'm saving time and money whilst being able to practice within two different countries and multiple jurisdictions within each country. That is pretty cool. So it is cheating the system. Yeah. But now, don't tell anyone because I don't want anyone to copy me. You just told everybody. There's <laughs> a million know. listeners right now. I know. <laughs> yeah, don't that, tell they're anybody. Not, they're not my age demographic, though. This is on. <laughs> yeah. They're uh, not my age demographic. I'd say don't tell your kids. Yeah. You, um... You have decided where you want to live when you're done with college. Do you want to stay in the U.K.? you want to live in New York? Me and Mom, where do you want to live? So the fun part about hopefully being able to practice in so many places is the fact that I don't have to really settle in one particular place. Mm-hmm. I always I have wanderlust. I think I got that from Mom. <laughs> Such <laughs> yeah. intense wanderlust. I, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> so you know what? I, I think, never want to go anywhere. You just want to. Just chill. Yeah. You're a very want... chill guy. That's what I am. That's right. Yeah. No, I no. honestly, I would love to live in California for a couple of years. I love California, but not LA, not, not the basic. No, you want to go love... to, right. You want to go to places that you can't afford or I can't I afford. will be able to afford <laughs> yeah, once okay. I am a successful You want to go to lawyer. Carmel and Monterey. No, Where? Santa Barbara. <laughs> oh God, even worse. Oh my um, God. But also I would like to live in Hawaii for a bit because there's sure. a huge human trafficking Sounds problem. Sounds great to me. No, there's a huge human trafficking problem in Hawaii. I know there is. Um, and also, like, I want, I want to follow up, carry my dreams. I don't believe in the whole, you have to live your life a certain way. You no, have to live in a box. I don't either. You can become whatever you want. You and you're an example can. of that. I, I mean, am. what did you, you majored in like accounting or something. <laughs> now I, you're... I did. I went to Baruch College and I did major in accounting and, uh, it's been, um, it's been a wild ride for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I would, uh, advise kids out there not to take the road that I took <laughs> to get to where a I am today. Bumpy. Yeah, it's a little bumpy to say, to say the least. <laughs> So you uh, you're gonna go see Grandma Rara yes, today? Yes, I'm excited to see her. Very yeah. excited to see her, and everyone else too. I'm not leaving out certain names. I'm just gonna see everyone upstate. Everybody. Everyone. Okay, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna be up there tomorrow, so yes. we'll spend the weekend together. All come home on Sunday. Yes. All right. It's good to have you here again. You're great. Good to be here. I love here. you. I'm proud of you. I you know, you I love too. you. It's my daughter, Ava Caroline Rosenberg. We got a huge three hours about to come your way. He's here every weekday morning at 7.05. He is the talk of the town. I mean it. I get messages from the mayor from City Hall almost every day, every day about something courteously was said earlier that morning. And just so you know, yesterday was no different. The man, Mr. Guardian Angel himself, Curtis Sliwa, 
follows up Ava Rosenberg next on Sid and Friends in the Morning. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the by lighting up. Oi! From my friends. The star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oi! This Oi! is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help. Seventy-seven WABC. Why are you treating illegal aliens better than you're treating Americans? Why are you treating illegal aliens better than you're treating Americans? Why, why, are you why are you destroying the city with illegal aliens? Mr. Mayor, four more years. Okay. Okay. I'm asking. I'm asking you a question. Why are you destroying the city and providing for illegal aliens when the veterans are mentally ill in the street around the corner from here? I have an accent, but that's why I ask you, don't right. call me a racist. Right. You have an, okay? You have an accent. Yes, I have an accent. And I'll tell you why, I work here. I never ask for a dime from anybody. They don't want to ask for a dime. Yes, they do. You've given them free medical care, free housing. Listen, I'm just worried about my Rest in peace, Randy Meisner. Randy Meisner died at the age of 77 yesterday. He did start the band, the Eagles. All those well-known names, Don Henley, Joe Walsh, Glenn Fry, all started by Randy. Now, he is not the lead vocal on this song, Hotel California. That's Don Henley, but uh, he is on this song. And we did play at the 6 o'clock hour, the top of that, Take It to the Limit, which were Randy Meisner vocals. Rest in peace, Randy Meisner, and you heard the audio there of that lady yelling and screaming at Mayor Eric Adams to treat Americans, the veterans, the homeless, as well as the city seems to treat the migrants. With that said, here he is all over these stories, day in and day out. Gets big ratings noon to one every weekday afternoon, all weekend long on the overnights, but arguably does his best work right here weekday mornings with me, the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel, Curtis Sliwa. And I will tell you, Curtis, that I did hear from City Hall yesterday. Oh, good. About one of your rallies with Vicky Palladino, who may join me in the nine o'clock hour this morning in Queens. Well, good morning. How are you, buddy? Uh, not good. What now? What you played that cut of Maria Lynch, who yeah. stood up to the mayor, 
who said, why are you giving everything to the illegal aliens? Notice, she says illegal aliens. She's from Honduras originally. She came in legally. We broke that story on your show. I always say prime cut to Sid, and then I follow up on the rip and read, which I did yesterday. I fleshed it out and also told a story. You know how dysfunctional the city administration is. They send the NYPD jazz band to a tribute to Tony <laughs> Bennett, and none of these idiots knew any Tony Bennett songs, right? Hey, put put uh, put your instruments down and go out and patrol with the gun on your side. You guys are worthless. But anyway, that's where she confronted him. We made the news, right? On your show in the morning. You did, and, and the New York Post ran that story. I think Danielle sent it to me about 5 o'clock yesterday yes. afternoon. Carl Campanelli. A good, a good 10 hours after you brought it up right, right here right, with me. Right, right, and, yeah. and I did it on the Rip and Read. And I'm listening to it this morning on the 5 o'clock news, right? An hour of news with Noam Layden. I guess it must have slipped through the cracks. What? And watch, James Flippin, the same thing is going to happen. It seems like they're boycotting this story. Well, we break the story, <laughs> other stations run it, and we don't even run it. Well, you have to understand that uh, they're both uh, liberals, and they would rather not malign the mayor. So uh, they'd much rather throw you under the bus than the yes, city yes, officials. Yes. I guarantee you, if I got in trouble, it would be the lead story. Oh, my God, every, of course. Every moment. Oh, now, if you do get in trouble, yes. and you, you do get arrested, which, is likely, it, which it, is likely, right? it will be number what for you? Uh, it'll be 78. 78. Write that down, Noam, just That's in right. case. He's now been arrested 77 times. That's right, and I'm so proud of each and every one of the arrests. I got wooden shampoos. I ended up getting attitudinal readjustments, having to suck concrete. Cops would cuff me, and they would say, you see the hood of the police car? And I knew what was coming up next. I said, yes, son. Bang! Right on the... I get a big knot on the top of my head, and you oh say, my God. did you see the hood of the car? Yes, Sarge. Bang! Oh, my. Well, what is, uh, but of all these arrests, 77, yes, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I'm going to guess some, most of them are, are rallies and protests. No, and, no, most no. of them, uh, I was being accused of beating up drug dealers, criminals. You know, criminals would just walk by. This is when the cops hate us. That guy assaulted me. That's Sliwa. And in fact, they'd say, no, you picked out the wrong guy. That's over there. Yes, Sliwa. And I'd be disappeared. They'd have me on Rikers Island. I'd be in the Bing. I'd be in protective custody, Punk City. I'd be in a dormitory with 40 guys. Can you imagine what that was like? Oh, my God. So when all these politicians talk about Rikers Island, they know nothing about nothing. <laughs> oh, we went on a tour for an hour, and they gave me defecation education. Oh, I'm so <laughs> frightened. I'm so frightened. Yeah. Get out of here. They're worthless. Well, after you uh, made that story happen here, you broke that story here, you don't have to tell me that you were having two different rallies two. in the borough of Queens yesterday. How'd they go? they go well? Oh, let me tell you something. As you know, I get off the air at 1 o'clock. So I headed out to Creedmoor, which is about as far out on Queens you can go before you hit Nassau County. Queens Village, Floral Park, Glen Oaks, Bell Rush, Fresh Meadows. They love you sit out there. Hundreds were there. And then Bernard Chow, as you know, I've developed the Asian Americans in the Republican Party. I won the Asian vote. There's Bernard Chow. He's running in the 23rd City Council District against Linda Lee, who's the councilwoman, who's missing in action. He's firing up the crowd in English, in Mandarin, in Cantonese. (laughs) And there were hundreds. Sit. It, it was I 100 degrees in the shade. Some of them were out the caucus. Were there more people at that rally 
than the amount of people you showed me the video of this morning, which Bo Deedle talked about yesterday, people laying outside the Roosevelt Hotel. What a disgrace. What Doesn't. a disgrace. That's right. Ashanda. <laughs> and they're laying out on the street. It destroyed the Grand Central area, the Midtown area. And the mayor's all proud of that. He, he's inviting them up there, right? And I noticed yesterday he was talking about the disparity of white people versus black people who perish when there's extreme weather, especially hot weather. And I'm saying to myself, yeah, Eric, because you're taking these illegal aliens who are not citizens, putting them in hotels with air conditioning at our expense. Meantime, you got black homeless people, emotionally disturbed people, veterans stuck out on the street, schwitzing with high blood pressure. You don't even care about your own people. He did find a way to point out the difference of how many people, how many black people die compared to white people. I mean, he doesn't stop with the race, and and him and I are on good terms. We talked a bunch yesterday between his trips to Washington and Houston. He will definitely join me next week. There are no issues, but he's got to stop with the race stuff again. Yesterday, you know, blacks is, they the, tend look, to die twice as much as right, whites because is, they don't have any jobs and they have no air conditioning. That's right, and not only that. So many of them are out in the streets. You're not even taking care of your own people. You're taking care of your illegal aliens. Now, what did this schmuck, his putts from City Hall want? Okay, here's what he said. Because your second rally last night, I believe, involved the great, oh, great, council member Vicky Palladino, who oh. again may join me in the nine o'clock hour this morning. Some people out there at St. Agnes High School that they Hundreds. are now turning into a homeless shelter for illegal aliens. Okay. Well, the contention is this person says we talk to Vicky Palladino regularly, but especially this week with the potential for St. Agnes in College Point. What do you mean as potential? They're center. moving in today, you schmuck. This person said they're moving in today, but but the fact is that it's just a respite situation. <laughs> the school has been closed for a few years, and and okay, and it's only going to be a three month period. Oh, and the yeah. long term plan is to still turn the school into a high school. So what they're saying is, what you're saying, once again, is exaggerated a bit over the top. Oh, yeah, now, yeah. This is only a very short-term deal. Oh, short-term. But the long-term deal is make that school into a high school and make it glorious for Vicky Palladino. Who, who's this Schmendrick? Who's it doesn't this? matter who Yes, it, it does, because he's a Jewish guy. I know exactly who he is. <laughs> you don't know. You know, hey, Jewish guy at City Hall, you should impale yourself with a menorah. You went to the Bellrose Jewish Center. You went before the outer caucus. You said, sell to us $5 million so we can turn it into a migrant center with Rabbi Bovid. Rabbi Bovid saying, we don't have a choice. We got to take the shekels. We got to take the moolah shmoolah. You disgrace. <laughs> I know who you are in City Hall. You go to a congregation, the Bellrose Jewish Center, and you get Rabbi Bovid to become a traditor, and you say, I'll give you $5 million to turn it into a migrant center. How many other synagogues and shuls are you going to go to and bribe them to turn it into a migrant Well, this is a whole other story you're going into now, but the point is is that at least according to these folks who I do happen to love and trust, it's like, I trust you, uh, Vicky Palladino should not act surprised about any of this. She's fully aware. That yes, is she is aware. Point. But I, you trust City Hall? I don't well, trust them. I mean, I don't trust anybody. By the way, where's this guy live? I want to know what neighborhood he it lives in. How many where illegal he, aliens? See, are... Here you go. Here's number 78, baby, coming right up any second now. Here's number oh, 78. You should be grateful that it's only <laughs> oh, for three months stay, right, in the neighborhood. <laughs> what an idiot, right? <laughs> now, if Eric Adams had run, 
against me and said, oh, I'm going to bring illegal aliens in 100,000. Who do you think would be mayor today? Well, here's the question for you. Who do you think would be mayor today? But but as you are getting ready to announce you're going to run again. Of course. And it doesn't matter how close I get with Eric. It doesn't matter. You're always my guy. You're my guy. So the one question that will be asked of you more than any other is, how would you, or assuming it's still around, how will you tackle this awful oh, migrant no. crisis. Oh, no. what, what, is it? what do you mean, if it's still around? These people ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. The moment they drop one bambino, <laughs> right, they're all Americans. Okay. They're here forever. You're right. So, okay, so what, how every, are you going to handle this crisis? bus that would come in, right, I would go up, I'd learn some Spanish, I would welcome it. I first ask, where are the Ukrainians? They're the real war refugees. They're the real asylum seekers. I would say at City Hall, how come we're not bringing any Ukrainians in? Oh, that's right. Cardinal Dolan says they're not Catholic. They're Jews and they're Eastern Christian. And there's no money to be made for Catholic charities from the federal taxpayers. Oh, I get it. Have you seen one picture yet with a Ukrainian war refugees saying, thank God I'm here in America. You, the, the, the bombing was horrific, right? Well, down by, uh, down by Wall Street, there seems to be a lot of uh, young girls who provide uh, massages. It's all over the village voice that comes straight from Ukraine. Maybe that's how they got oh here. Oh, my no, God. I'm sorry? And mail-order brides. <laughs> a ton of mail-order brides. A lot of those. A lot of, a lot of women are going to get their green cards, and then they're going to tell your guys, or all your guys who think that they're, oh, they're all filled with testosterone, see you later, alligator. I get 50% of what you got. And by the way, I'm on my way to becoming a citizen. Thank you very much right, for making so the, me a the, mail-order bride. The first bride. thing you'll do is you'll make sure the Ukrainians get here safely, then what? Exactly. And then to everyone else coming in on the bus, I would say, amigos, ese hombre, right? I'm giving you a box lunch, courtesy of the taxpayers in New York City. You can use the facilities here at the Port Authority, but be careful because when you go into these bathrooms, you got all kinds of muggers and thugs. Wait a second. What facilities at Port Authority are you talking about? You've never had to use the men's facilities? It's always locked. When you have queer eyes on the back of straight guys (laughs) in the bathrooms, right? Come on. You know the deal. So you're not going to turn these people around. You're going to invite them here but stay in a different place. No, no. They stay an hour. They stay an hour. One hour. We let them use the facilities. We right. give them a box lunch and we say, I'm sending you to your Papa Chulo. Where's that? Uh, the Papa Chulo is right there in the White House. <laughs> He's the one, remember, in the debate with Donald Trump who said you elect me president. I like this. I'm your Papa Chulo. I like Who's this. your daddy? Right, I like right this. to the White House and then if there are any additional ones to Giggles Harris over in the Naval Observatory as she has decided to become a squatter there. What a useless <laughs> human being, right? Oh, I'm the Tsarina. And notice, here was Eric Adams he went down to D.C. yesterday. He's got the schmuck, the putz, Chuck E. G. Schumer. He's got Hakeem Jeffries, right? And what did they give him? They gave him Ugas, Bumpkins. Nothing. They gave him, oh, we have an uh, an, an emissary who's going to help to communicate back and forth with you and Biden. Hey, Eric Adams, you called yourself the Biden of Brooklyn, right? Did he name and shame Biden once yet? No. Not once. Not Biden, not Hochul, not any of these folks. So then the lady that you were standing uh, behind on the park chair on 110th Street in Central Park a couple of days ago when you put out one of the most heartbreaking, awe-inspiring videos I've ever seen. I mean that sincerely. You were great. Uh, That lady ends up where if Curtis Sliwa is mayor of New York City? She's going to end up in the facilities we're paying for right now for all these illegal aliens. But you obviously know she's got a series of problems. 
emotionally disturbed, maybe alcohol, maybe drugs. We need to make her whole. She's an American just like the rest of us. And some of them happen to be veterans. You talk to these men. You talk to even some of the women, the veterans. And you know me, I get along great with them, Sid. And they tell me everything. And I also say to them, and nobody has probed this yet, and I'm going to do a deep dive. I said, were you born and raised in a crack house in the 80s? Yes. Did your mother smoke crack? Yes. Now you can see why neurologically they're disconnected and they have so many problems. Remember, we heard all about that in the 80s. Oh, you know, crack babies, babies with fetal alcohol syndrome, it's going to affect them later in life. You look at the number of young men, especially in their 30s and 40s, who are emotionally disturbed. And when I have conversations with them, inevitably it gets back that they grew up in a crack house. How come all of a sudden that whole notion has disappeared? Do you think they just self-repaired, that all the neurological damage was repaired? No. And Eric Adams, what are these These are your people. African-Americans, they elected you. Without them, you would not be mayor today. You would never have survived the Democratic primary. And instead, you, you, have, you have failed your own people. The majority of them are black who are living in the subways, in the parks, in the streets, who are emotionally disturbed, who are homeless. What is he doing for his own peeps? Absolutely nothing. But if you're from, oh, you're from El Salvador, you're from the Dominican Republic, underlay, underlay, come on, come on in, we give you an easy pass. Whatever you want, you get. To the rest of you who elected me, Mayor African Americans, oofah, you'll vote for Democrats again because we got you in our back pocket. We got it like that. You're ours, and we got you for life. Wake up, African Americans. You deserve to have gotten your proper compensation for electing Eric Adams mayor. And what did you get? You got bupkis. You got ugas. So keep playing the Democratic card, and you'll get more of that. You elect a guy like Curtis Sliwa, and guess what? I'm colorblind. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian. If you're in need, we help you. But you got to be a citizen of the United States first. Illegal aliens, don't even bother coming into our country. Because if I'm the mayor, I'm turning you right around with a box lunch and sending you to your Papa Chulo, the one that Eric Adams will not name and shame. Joe, I'm your daddy, Yankee. you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Oi! This 
is sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. A couple yeah. of months ago, you said that Zach Greinke and I are a hall of very good ball players. I think Zach and I would agree. You may be right, but I get the gist of what's going on here. I know what you're doing. You're looking down on us. A couple small market Midwest ball players. Just because we're not big city, just like you, Mr. New York City, Sirius XM radio star, Mr. National Television, ESPN star, with your Fifth Avenue ties and your crisp pocket squares, your tailored suits and your polished shoes and your hair, your perfectly coiffed Broadway hair. Must be nice to sit atop that Madison Avenue ivory tower looking down on us with those luscious locks. Not everyone can be the next Roger Peckinpah, Mad Dog. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're a disgrace. All right, little Rosalita for you. Again, don't forget, little Stevie from the E Street Band, Silvio Dante, the Sopranos, will join me Monday coming up at 9.10. And right now the plan is to go to see Bruce in Jersey August 29th and go backstage with Bruce and Stevie and Mike Sullivan and Danielle, the whole crew. Van Zandt coming up at 9 o'clock. And you just heard from Bill O'Reilly. Also, don't forget, tickets go on sale this morning at Ticketmaster. You can still get pre-sale tickets at ParamountNY.com and BillOReilly.com for Sid Rosenberg and Bill O'Reilly. On stage used to be Dennis Miller. Then it was Donald Trump. Now it's me. O'Reilly and Rosenberg together on stage Friday night, October the 27th at the Paramount Theater in lovely Huntington, Long Island. But there, that was Joey Votto. Don't look now, but the Cincinnati Reds. Or 56 and 48, in my opinion, one of the major surprises in Major League Baseball. Votto's been a multiple all-star for that red team, and he was poking fun at my dear friend. And all that is true. Mad Dog Unleashed on Sirius XM Radio, 3 o'clock every day. High Heat, 11 a.m. every morning, MLB Network, ESPN, Stephen A. Smith, and, of course, part of the legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination, in my opinion, the greatest sports talkie ever my friend Chris Russo. Good morning, Christopher. How are you, pal? Uh, good morning, Sydney. That's a great schedule you have on your little agenda. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. i got a lot of good stuff going on, including my new movie coming out next Friday night, August the 11th. Uh, they may be striking the actors and the writers, but I shot this movie in L.A. two years ago. A true story about that mob bar Gemini Lounge in Brooklyn from the late 1970s. Great cast, Danny A. and, uh, and uh, a bunch of young actresses and actors, Emil Hirsch. That comes out next Friday night, August the 11th. But I want to get to you about baseball. Here Yesterday, the Mets actually traded David Robertson to the Marlins. Now, if I would have said to you before the start of the season that 100 games in, Miami would be seven games over 500, and the Mets would be six games under 500 and become sellers, not buyers, you would have said what? I would have said you're crazy. Um, not so much surprised about Miami because you figure with pitching, they might, and they have, you know, some the the arise trade. You figured they had a chance, 
But if anybody had told me that the Mets would be this bad when they won 101 last year with Scherzer, Verlander, Stenger, Quintana, I would have said you're crazy. They haven't hit it with consistency. Their starting pitching has been terrible. Outside of Verlander, Scherzer's been awful. I haven't been able to count on them. I would have been really surprised. I think, now they're not going to do it because they don't want to throw up the white flag, but you could, and have an empty ballpark for two months, but you can make an argument, and he would waive his no trade. You can make an argument that they should trade Scherzer. He's 40 years old. He hasn't been great the last couple of years. He's been bad in the postseason. But if you paid a lot of his money off, you could get a lot of good players and prospects back. Now, they won't do it. But you can make an argument that that's the move they should make. Sam, Pena, uh, Marte, Robertson. It's not going to get you a lot. Scherzer, if you trade him to Texas, that needs a big pitcher. Scherzer could bring you back a lot of parts for the future. Again, they won't do it. That might be the move that you make. I agree with you, and uh, he has been really disappointing. And he does start tonight as they try to get that second game of the four-game set against Washington. And Verlander has been very good. In fact, pitched a great game against the Yankees just a couple of nights ago. But I agree. He is that one piece. Texas, as you mentioned, another shocking ball club. 17 games over, already a 60-win team atop the AL West. And they, they signed Jacob DeGrom, ironically, and he's been out most of the year, only had six starts. So I like what you're saying there. I think they should do the same, but I agree with you, they won't. Let's talk about the Yankees. Yankees uh, back at it tonight in Baltimore, having an unbelievable year. Best record in uh, the American League, second best record in all of Major League Baseball to the Braves, the Baltimore Orioles. The Yankees, Aaron Judge goes down, they can't hit. They weren't great before, but now they really can't hit. What are your thoughts on the Yankees moving forward? Yeah, I think the Yankees, what they do the next four days, uh, Sydney, would be very interesting. Um, you know, it's a joke that the Yankees with that kind of payroll, with Stanton, LeMahieu, and I can't kill him on LeMahieu. I would have done the same thing, re-signing him. I would never have taken Stanton. Too much money. He's brittle. Uh, but Stanton, LeMahieu, uh, Rizzo, and I would have signed him too. And he hasn't done much, as we all know, in the last 40-something games. Hard to believe they can't score even without Judge. Now, listen, they are never, ever, the Yankees don't sell. And the Yankees are only a couple of games back of a wild card. So they're going to make a push for that. They're not winning the division, but they're going to make a push for that. And, you know, and Judge, we'll see how healthy he is. I'll tell you right now, the team that I would be very nervous about if I was an American League wild card possibility are the Angels. The Angels are playing for a cause. They're all playing right now to keep Otani in Anaheim. They made a good trade with Giolito. If not for this year, Maybe to convince Otani to stay after the year. He goes out there yesterday after the trade, throws a one-hit complete game shutout, and then hits two home runs. The Angels are playing for a cause. I would be nervous. And now they got a tough road trip, and they got a hard schedule. But, uh, and, you know, Nevin will see. But I would be – and Trout's going to return. I would be very nervous that the Angels might make a huge run to make the postseason. And I'll tell you something else, Sid. I don't think – I think Otani could stay, number one. And number two, I don't think Otani is going to the Dodgers because he's a good guy, the team loves him,
And if he leaves the Angels, that is a big hit for the team. And then if it goes to the Dodgers, it's like Miami, 35 miles away. Mm. And I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think he's going to do that. He's, I don't think he's going to bury the Angels that badly. He could go to the Giants. He could go to Seattle. But I don't think he's going to go to the Dodgers. That's just me. And I think the Angels are very dangerous right now. And I could make a run with them. But the Yankees, back to your question, to me, it's hard to believe they're an 85-86 win team. And I'll tell you something else. I know he's done a great job over the years. But you got a general manager who's been there for a quarter of a century. Really? 25 years, the same guy running the team. Yeah, yeah. Brian just Cashman. For the sake yeah. Of making a change. Yeah. Uh, just for the sake of making a change. <laughs> yeah. That's almost too long. No, it's you're right. 25 years. It's a long time. I wasn't at WFAN for, <laughs> I wasn't at WFAN for 25 years. Right, you're right. It's, it's, almost, it's almost too long yeah. enough. Try somebody else. Mix it up. Yeah. Brian, we love you. You've done a great job. You'll get a job in a second. But 25 years with one team without a World Series appearance in the last 14, whatever it is, 2009, that is, to me as a fan, if I'm a Yankee fan, that's way too long. I agree with you. Long. And I like Brian, too, personally. Know him very well like you do, Chris, and he's a super guy. But as you said, they're about to go 15 years since winning back in 2009 with CC Alex and Joe Girardi. And I agree with you about the Angels, too. Now, they swept the Tigers yesterday. You know, Tiny was great. Uh, but you're right. They picked up Giolito. They picked up Lopez, both pretty good pitchers from the White Sox, and they could be dangerous. The American League uh, is going to be fun to watch. The National League, I'm not sure, but I want to go back to the Mets for a second. Buck Showalter, we're going to his third season next year. Now, they're not going to fire him. I get that. And they've got all kinds of excuses, right? Scherz has fallen apart. They've got injuries. Uh, for a while there, Alonzo was not in the lineup. Uh, Marte's been out for quite some time, too. My question becomes, is Showalter at least on the hot seat starting next season? Um, I would hope not. Uh, I think the I think he's a hell of a manager. Uh, I, I don't, you know, we don't know how Cohen operates, so that's part of the problem. But older managers have been very successful. We got to get away from these thirty-five-year-old guys who've never managed a day by day in their lives. Dusty's a great manager. Bochy's done a great job. Nitker's a good manager. He's sixty-six years old. He won a World Series. Francona's an excellent manager. Uh, obviously, Buck's a good manager. I think in a lot of ways, the older guys do a better job. They know how to handle the pace of the season better. You bring in new managers. The guy in Chicago hasn't done a great job. The Royals are a horrendous team. I mean, I, I, I think that there is a certain – I mean, listen, my, Schumacher's done a good job. I don't want to say this is, you know, universal. But I think the older skipper – I mean, Dusty Francona – Bob Melvin's a good manager. I know the Padres have been awful, but last year they got to the ALCS. Rob, uh, NLCS. Rob Thompson's 59 years old. I think you're almost a little better off right now with the older skipper. Now, you know Cohen better than me. I agree. He's definitely going to manage next year. They're probably going to bring Dave Stearns in to run the ball club. But I do think that, you know, listen, they got a $350 million payroll. To go, you know, 75 and 87 back-to-back years, that's not going to be good enough. So you got to figure next year the Bucks, uh, Bucks got to have to win and be much more competitive. But I think they will be. I think this is a bad year. Uh, they have older pitching. The Mets rely 
on old pitching. And relying on old pitching is very – look at the Braves. They have any old pitching? No. They bring up all these kids. Look at the Dodgers. I mean, Kershaw, yes. They got old pitching? Not necessary. Old pitching is very dicey because they get hurt. They need time off. And they got a lot of old pitchers. Quintana's old. Durser's old. Burnett's old. They got old pitchers. That worries me a little bit. Bad year for the Mets. Bad, bad year. And I'll tell you, that stadium is going to be empty yep. in the last two months. Yep. The Jets, the Giants, um, you know, football is hot as it ever was. U.S. Open tennis. When it's right across the street, all those fans using that as a parking lot. City Field is going to be a monster lamp <laughs> beginning in early August. Oh, God, please. Monster You're right. So with that said, you mentioned the Jets and the Giants. It'll actually be a giant training camp with my dear friend Pat Hanlon coming up on Monday. I'm a big Giant fan, as you know, Chris. But the Jets are the team getting all the uh, all the pub these days. In fact, uh, former Viking Pro Bowl running back Dalvin Cook Maybe the next superstar to play for the Jets on that Aaron Rodgers offense. 60 seconds, Doggy. Do you think the Jets deserve all this attention? And do you think now the Jets yes. are a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Yes on both. Yes on both. Uh, Rodgers has done everything right. He's ju- he's jumped into being a New Yorker, restructured his contract. He's got a little something to prove. Um, now, listen, Russell Wilson stunk, so I'm a little worried about that. And he is old, and he wasn't great last year. But you got to expect Rodgers to have two real good years. They have a good defense. Uh, they were 7-4 and four last year. Wilson killed them. I think the Jets are going to have a good year. Now, listen, Super Bowl with Burrow, Allen, and Mahomes is a lot. But I would be surprised if the Jets don't go 12-5, and 11-6, get in the playoffs, and win at least a game. They will make a one of the championship in one of the next two years. If they don't, Jets it'll be a all the accolades. Yep. Uh, I'd be big, and the Giants, the Giants are going to struggle. Much harder schedule. Much harder schedule. Philly and Dallas are good. It's a bad conference, but a good t- NFC East. And the Giants last year had the worst Carolina, Houston, the Colts, the worst ca- schedule of all time. The Giants could struggle this year to be a decent team. I agree. No, they're not going to sneak up on anybody like they did last year to make the playoffs. And as for Joe Burrow, don't forget, he was caught off the field yesterday. Seems to be a camp injury, nothing too major. But you never want to see your quarterback caught off the field in July. Hey, uh, Doggy, it's always great to catch up with you. You know I mean it when I say it. You're the all-time best. I love you to pieces. Have a great weekend and come back soon, please. Thank you, Dog. You got it there, Sydney. Thanks for having me. You're Appreciate the best. Uh, come on, you're the best. Christopher Mad Dog Russo, folks, the best. Check him out, of course, on the XM Sirius Channel 82, Mad Dog Unleashed. High Heat, 11 a.m. They played a bunch of times throughout the day on the MLB Network and Wednesdays with Stephen A. Smith on ESPN, part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination for so many years on WFAN. Now, before we get to my next guest, he's running against Santos on Long Island. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I am a lineman for the county. And I drive the main road. Searching in the sun for another overload.
to the wine and the Wichita lineman is still on the line. The late great Glenn Campbell, Wichita lineman, 7:52 on your Friday morning. Sit with you. Spend about five minutes now with a guy that has decided, like others, to run against George Santos for Congress. On Long Island, uh, the the embarrassment that has become George Santos, one of the four Republicans to win on that big day back Election Day last year. The Esposito does a great job. So does Molinaro and Lawler. Not so much with Santos. Mike Sapricone is a guy that spent a lot of years with the NYPD, was a detective, lives out there, I believe, in Nassau County, and is going to run against Santos. He joins us right now. Good Friday morning, Mike. How are you, pal? Good morning, Sid. Thanks for having me. I'm great. I'm feeling really good, and I do live in the district. I live in New York uh, Congressional District 3 here in Long Island. So you live, uh, are you next door to Rex Uriman or, or down the block? <laughs> <laughs> probably down the block. Uh, probably down the block. It's, it's become crazy, though, because every Nassau County resident probably gets asked that question more than any other, right? I mean, Bill, you, you, you live close by, you ever meet him, you ever see him. We know it's a huge county, as you as a police officer, a huge county, but he's probably the topic of every conversation, right? Well, he certainly is. I mean, he's in Massapequa Park, which might be a little bit part of my district. It runs down towards the Massapequa. There's some places there. Uh, yes, but he certainly is the main topic of conversation. He's overtaken Santos recently. Right, yeah, right. Santos and uh, Alec Baldwin and uh, the Baldinger yeah, brothers right. and all those famous Massapequa people. But you do live there, and you're an honorable guy. Again, NYPD guy, detective, all the things I love. You know, I love the cops. And you're sitting there going, well, hold on a second. I'm a Republican. And initially, maybe I was happy this guy won, but what an embarrassment he's turned out to be. So clearly it's bothered you because you're throwing your hat into the ring, yes? Well, yes, certainly. And, you know, he's deceived everybody. He put a stain not just on uh, Congressional District 3 here in Long Island, but on New York State, on the country, and on the nation, on the on the world. I mean, I, I owned a global business for many years. I just recently sold it. And people in Europe were saying to me, are you kidding me? How do, how do you guys let this happen? So it's been such an embarrassment. And this is not having a hiccup. These are premeditated things that he's done and said over the course of time that we've just let go by. I love when guys like you, you know, cop, a guy owns his own business, jumps in. I, I had a buddy, he still is a very, very good buddy. His name is Bob Cornicelli. He actually served this country proudly. He went against Andrew Garbarino. Now, Garbarino, of course, had Pete King's endorsement. That's basically Jesus out there in Nassau County, so you're not going to lose. Uh, so with that said, with Pete King endorsing Garbarino, he beats a guy like Cornicelli. What about you? Have you talked to some of these leaders out there, guys like Cairo, Pete King, Bruce Blakeman, any of those folks? So I certainly have, and I've been involved in the party for many years. But uh, the chairman has made it clear to me that, you know, it's perfectly okay that I'm jumping in the ring, but in the race. But that's not, he's not going to make a decision until the time comes. He needs to win this, and he's going to look at all the possibilities, and he's going to make the best choice for the, for, the, uh, for the county, for the party when the time comes. And a lot depends on what Santos does, because we need him to step down by a certain date in order for there to be that special election, right? right. And right now, it doesn't, we don't know what he's doing. But if he doesn't step down, are you telling me all this becomes academic? It does. It does. And what will probably happen is 
there will be some type of primary. There's several other people who have jumped into the Republican side, and there will be probably some type of primary next year, right. the 2024 uh, general election, which is a presidential year. And that's going to be tough out here in Nassau County. Can you talk, uh, you're talk? you talking about Joe Cairo, of course, when you talk about uh, the chairman. So do you know how many other folks as of now are uh, jumping into this race? I think there's uh, there's one other from a young man from Queens, uh, ex-military person, and I think there's an attorney just jumped in from uh, up by my area the other day. Okay, so when, when you look at these other two candidates, maybe there'll be more by the time this thing happens, if it does happen to your point. Why do you think, Mr. Mike Sapriconi, and uh, I love you already because, you know, I love cops, detectives, and my favorite people, Bo Deedle, one of my dearest, dearest friends, so you already have my endorsement, but uh, as you try to convince other folks in Nassau County, why do you think you'd be the best choice? Well, you know, I think by 20 years' experience, uh, I started as a transit cop in 1980, and I went to the NYPD when they merged in the 90s. Uh, you know, I retired as a first-grade detective. That's the highest level of detective. But I've learned by dealing with people and the interaction with people that you need not just to talk but to listen to people and understand what they're saying, right, and, and work things out, de-escalate situations, don't bring it to another level. And I think that what a lot of our representatives do in Washington and everywhere else, I think they have this partisan concern, and they're only worried about their own agenda. We have to start worrying about the people who elected us, our constituents in our districts, what they have to say and what they want to do. You know, I served on a local Long Island school board, and I served as school board president for years in Seaford. And I learned that you listen to people. Everybody has what they think is important. And then in business, I learned that you take the best practices of your clients, and you sit down and you put those things, to get things together, and you formulate how things should run and how things work. And it's so important to be able to talk to people, to be able to listen to people. And it's not just about mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. It's about the action you take once you're making those mistakes. And that's important. And we don't do that here anymore. That is a very, very impressive presentation, Mike, I must say. So for folks who want to know more about you, your campaign, once again, Mike Sapriconi out there in Nassau County, uh, County on Long Island. How do they do that, pal? Mike Sapriconi for Congress.com. Again, Mike Sapriconi for Congress.com. Find out a little about me. Call me. You know, this is going to be a costly race. I'm used to giving money and not asking for money. So this is difficult for me, Sid. That's a hard thing to do. We're going to learn how to do that. We're going to get people on our side. And we're going to take back what people deserve, representation, good representation, and fair representation. Sapriconi, by the way, is spelled S-A-P-R-A-I-C-O-N-E, S-A-P-R-A-I-C-O-N-E, uh, a former New York police uh, uh, police officer and detective, Mike Sapriconi. Excellent job this morning, Mike. Good luck moving forward. Anything you need, of course, feel free to call on me. We'll talk again very soon. Take this guy Santos out. Thank you so much. Thanks, good to have me. Have a great weekend. You too. God bless you. Mike Sapriconi. Look for that name in that race against Santos in Nassau County. That wraps up a pretty good two hours. Ava Rosenberg, Curtis Sliwa, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, and Mike Sapriconi. Still to come, I believe Vicky Palladino, famed defense attorney Joseph Tacopina. And how about this lady? Was late for Tim Scott's prayer meeting yesterday. You want to know why? You're going to find out. My friend out of South Carolina, Congresswoman Nancy Mace. Second half of Friday with sitting friends in the morning about to come your way.
and the Wichita lineman is still on the line. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi. Thank you for pulling this together. Another year, another standing room only event. And when I woke up this morning at 7, I, I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiancé, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed. And I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast. And I got to be on time. And a little TMI. But um, I... He'll, he can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. Um, but I was here early today for you, Tim. And I think everybody, <laughs> everybody was here early for you today. She sits alone by lamppost, trying to find a thought that's escaped her mind. She says, There's the one I love the most. Time's not far behind She never lets me in Only tells me where she's been When she's had too much to drink I said that I don't care I just run my hands Through her dark hair Then I pray to God You gotta help me fly let her cry If the tears fall down like rain Let her sing If it eases all her pain Let her go Let her walk right out on me And if the sun comes up tomorrow Let her Well, that lady right there is quickly becoming my favorite politician, if not already, in the country today. <laughs> She's on the show quite a bit these days since we became friendly about two months ago. That is the great congresswoman out of South Carolina, Nancy Mace, speaking at Tim Scott's prayer breakfast in Charleston yesterday. And uh, you heard what she said, you know, Patrick tried to drag me back into bed. Want some action, baby. And uh, she's like, no, man, you got to wait till later. I can't be late. Now, no one asked her why she was late, but she felt compelled for some reason, my friend Nancy, to tell them all that. She even said during that little speech, a little DMI, huh? And the reason why I was bringing her on this morning had nothing to do with that. I was going to berate her for taking part in this ridiculous UFO deal on Capitol Hill. But now the biggest story is Nancy Mace late for breakfast for maybe, maybe having sex with her fiancé before the breakfast. Here she is, superstar out of South Carolina, Congresswoman 
Nancy Mace. Good morning. Nancy. Well, that's a little lighthearted humor between friends. <laughs> uh, and actually, it actually said I was actually early. I turned it down so that I could be on time for the prayer breakfast. Like, I don't like to miss church. I don't want to miss Tim Scott's prayer breakfast. It's one of the biggest events that we have for South Carolina's delegation. It's a lot of fun. But, you know, I go to church because I'm a sinner, not because I'm a saint. And, uh, I, you know, I'm a normal human. There's only one perfect man, and that was Jesus Christ, and that's not me. And uh, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, mean I, gotta, I gotta tell you, Nance, when I saw the, the response to you kidding around yeah. that your boyfriend, and the fact is you didn't stay home, you didn't have sex, you actually went to the prayer meeting, but when I saw the response from some of these people oh, who, yeah. I, who I must say are some of the biggest degenerates that God ever created, they're such phonies, such hypocrites, but I couldn't believe the reaction. It was crazy. And it was, it was a little sexist. I got, I got to be honest with you, which is, you know, it's sort of baffling to me. You know, I wear this scarlet letter and I just, I'm a normal human. I'm doing what every other person. And if you want to offend half of America or adult women, 45 year old divorced women who are engaged to their future husbands, who are raising a family, raising their kids with them, owning a house and a dog and all the things, doing all the normal things that we do as adults. If you want to offend half the country, you're going to lose your majority. You will lose the White House. You will lose everything if you're going to offend women and call them hoes because they're living, making the right decision um, and acknowledging their, their shortcomings and their sins. Like, you're literally offending half the country by attacking a woman like me and saying all the things that they're saying. And in fact, one of the guys, it's funny, and uh, one of the guys that was one of the antagonists attacking me online who's got a pretty huge following – Literally is a guy that sits on dating apps, hitting on women. I doubt he's doing that to hold their hand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just like, it's so hypocritical. It's so hypocritical. Well, you I got t- the screenshots. It's kind of funny. Yeah, you told me but. that uh, one of the guys from, from uh, Rolling Stone is actually a guy that hit on you and you turned him down yeah, in South Carolina. I did, at Hall's Chop House in Charleston uh, during a visit a couple, it was all pre-Patrick. But one of the guys that was, you know, taking me on yesterday on, on social media literally hit on me one night at a bar and I, I turned him down. Like, is this why you're angry? Like, I mean, the hypocrisy of these people is so astounding. And I, I, I don't share secrets. Like, I'm just like, so I'm just not going to say his name, but it's also, it's so hypocritical. And um, it was a jo- It was a PG joke. I didn't even say the word sex. Like I just, you know, Hey, he pulled me by my waist and I said, no, it was funny, and we were all in tears laughing on the floor. Like, everybody was crying with laughter. It was hilarious. Right. I mean, it's, it's so refreshing to have a young, able-bodied, smart, beautiful lady like you. Mm-hmm. And, again, you didn't use the word sex. There was nothing graphic about what you said. Oh, you know, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So, so uh, but your, your party, I would imagine, uh, the folks on the Republican side, they didn't give you a hard time, or did they, some of them? No, is largely coming from the right. And that's why, you know, I have I get in these tussles sometimes because I'm like, you're losing the majority of America by being so critical of people for just being human, just being normal, living their day to day life. And, you know, inserting, inserting yourself in their bedrooms or their boardrooms like, you know, get out of here with that. But the thing that really gets me is that I shared and I wish people would watch my speech. They can go to my website at nancymace.org. It's the most recent piece I, video I put on there of the full speech. You can see all the dirty jokes and the whole thing. But I shared my story, a very vulnerable story, about being saved four years ago, going church to, for, for the first time in 20 years. And it was Tim Scott that got me there. 
And my life has been forever changed because of that experience. But if we can't share our failures, if we're afraid to share our failures and how we got to where we are today and even be self-deprecating and tell jokes about it, like we're going to lose our country. And I'm trying to get us back to, you know, it's good to laugh. It's good to tell jokes. It's good to be um Woman. To be just normal. It's good to be a woman. Uh, you know, I just don't understand it. It's yeah, good to be a woman. But I hate to break yeah. this to people, but women enjoy sex too, yes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, I know. So but but the and guy yeah. the guy I'm sure that uh, would never be critical of what you said yesterday is a guy that you've had some back and forth with, but I've been very public on this show <laughs> the last couple of weeks, and that right. is Donald Trump. I want Donald Trump to at the very least consider, if not make you his running mate when he does win that primary, he would be the last guy to criticize you for that, right? Yeah, I would think so. He, he's he's had a good life and understands the value of second chances. Um, and really, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. I and mean, he's just he's a normal person, too. And, and he doesn't get bogged down in all of that. He wants to work hard for our country. And that's what I don't get in all of this, because the same people that were attacking me yesterday are the same people that, you know, are endorsing candidates in for Congress or for races that have a lot more uh, bodies buried than I do. And it's just the hypocrisy, you <laughs> yeah, know, and yeah. we need people that are going to stand up and not be hypocrites. Is it that bad, the backlash? I mean, could this have any real um, effect? No, I don't. Okay, I mean, good. no, it won't have any real effect, but it's just, you know, Twitter, like it broke Twitter yesterday. First, it was the aliens on Wednesday. Then it was, you know, <laughs> sex in a sermon on Thursday, although I didn't use the word sex. But you know what I'm saying? But it's uh, we broke the Internet twice this week for different reasons. Um, but the, it was the backlash. I think Rolling Stone had the best article about it. And you can see some of the 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 ways people were attacking me, and it's just sort of, are you out of your mind? Do you know that half the country is living life like I am right now, and they think that they're, everything's perfectly well and good, and you're going to lose women by react overreacting in this way? Um, and it'll be over in 24 hours, and then people will move on, and they'll remember it, and they'll laugh. I've gotten more. I thought that on Wednesday, all the messages I got about asking about uh, bodies of the pilots of spacecraft or whatever was like the most attention, but it was the, there was a story yesterday about sex in a sermon. Uh, we're still, I'm still getting texts about it. People are laughing their butts off, laughing their asses off over it, and they think it's hilarious. Well, I just got two texts. One of my listeners uh, said, I love her. My God, I love her. The other one just said, to say what she said where she said it was inappropriate. And I, and I disagree with that last one. It was not inappropriate. Who cares? Again, you never use the word sex. What did you say? My boyfriend, my fiance, wanted me to stay home for a bit. What is so inappropriate about that? I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, like, no one should be surprised. I'm 45 years old. I'm engaged to be married. We own a house together. We're raising our kids together. We have a dog. No one should be surprised or shocked that we wake up in the same room together. (laughs) And then and it was a very G, I wouldn't even say it's PG. It was a very G rated joke, but that's what's missing today in politics. Like, you know, politicians are trained and programmed to tell you what you want to hear. And they lack all authenticity. They lack all truth. They, they lack all vulnerability and Americans want honesty. They want transparency. 
they want I think it's healthy to be vulnerable to tell a joke and laugh at yourself like I think those things are funny and a lot of people woke up yesterday and did the same thing that I did and we all laughed about it right and it was exactly funny. the only one I really care about in that room I don't even really care to be honest I'm lying but I yeah. guess the only one I'm interested in in that room is uh, the man himself Tim Scott now did he the presidential candidate Tim Scott oh, did he have oh, he an issue everybody left he left yeah right. everybody okay. Everybody was literally boat over laughing. My pastor, Tim Scott, was. I mean, Tim would never say that. Tim, you know, he's just such a wonderful human. But that's the thing that really kind of gets me about this story. And I would, again, go watch the joke. Watch the entire speech on nancymace.org. But you can see I tell this story about how Tim literally changed my life. I am a sinner. I am a full-blown sinner. I will admit everything to you on air live. I don't care. But um, but it was Tim that changed my life because he got me going back to church. He got me to think more seriously about my faith and what that meant and how you can live with purpose in your life. And I was really vulnerable yesterday. At one point, I, I shed a tear telling this story about how he had changed my life. And so I wish that people, the story was about that right. and being right. saved versus right. – Telling a G-rated joke, but it was it was hilarious. I thought it was, it was funny it was one too. Of my best lines. I thought it was yeah. great, and I love you for that. But I will never forgive you, just so you know, <laughs> for going to, to to the Congress on Capitol Hill and talk about aliens. I mean, we got we got all these issues in this country today, Nancy. Don't tell me about green mm. Martians if they found them in an airplane at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I sit on three committees. One of them happens to be oversight, and that's our job: showing up to these hearings. But I got to tell you. I was like the 10th person member of Congress down to ask questions. And I was literally burning inside. Like, how can you have this hearing and not ask if we got any bodies? And then when he said yes, I was sort of speechless. But the interesting thing is some of the more bombshell information that came out is this really isn't about little green men. This is about misappropriation of funds that the government may or may not be using. How much is it? Where is it going? Is it going to private contractors or government agencies? Are we being lied to? Um, it's about national security. It's about technology. Is, does non-human mean AI? Are we that advanced in AI as a country that we have that kind of technology? It's about energy. Like if something is defying the laws of gravity or defying the laws of physics, how do we harness? Do we have that energy? Do we have that technology? Do our adversaries? And so from my perspective, it's much, it's much bigger than that, but that certainly got eyeballs on the hearing no it didn't and you just actually did yeah. a really good job nancy mace to your credit of explaining why it was an important day above and beyond the ridiculous part which is little green men but he did say mm-hmm. they, they found uh, bodies of biological something or other biologics i'm gonna uh, have to see evidence yeah, yeah, yeah the, i have to like put right. my hands on it touch it see right it. <laughs> me too so so in your heart of yeah. hearts do you believe that there are aliens amongst us i don't in fact i think it's a ridiculous yeah. conversation yeah, no, I don't. But I, I would. The thing is, I ran out of time, and I honestly, that was my last question. I didn't have any follow-up questions. Like, how do you come back from that in a hearing? But number one, this guy is a former intelligence officer. He was under oath. Uh, but three, that my last question to him was, you know, who are the agencies we have to talk to you about the misappropriation of funds? Who are the contractors? Who do we call on? Who's a hostile or friendly witness that we can call in and try to learn more about this? Because if the American people can't trust their institutions if they're being lied to. They can't trust the government if the government's going to mislead them or lie to them or not share information with them. And so I think it's just a really important part of the conversation. But we, our country's a mess right now. Like you said, we have so many more issues to tackle 
Uh, that's just one of thousands of things that we got to get to the bottom of, and we have very little time to do it. I have to be honest. I did think your question was good. It was a good question. Have you found bodies? And he said, yes, he found biologics. Uh, just so you know, before I let you go, before you came on this morning, I did have to text your fiance Patrick and make sure it was okay before you got out of bed. <laughs> uh, well, he didn't have a choice in the matter. <laughs> I think you're great. Uh, I you, do. Uh, I think you're thank great. You, My audience loves you. I love you. And you keep being you, Nancy Mace. You, you keep being yes, you. Sir. Have a great weekend. I love you too. Thank All right. You, See you. Bye bye. That's my friend, Congresswoman Nancy Mays. God, how could you not love her? I mean, come on, man. She's great. All these buttoned up politicians, they're the biggest phonies uh-huh. ever. Uh-huh. They're the one, the biggest degenerates. They drink, they do coke, they watch porn, they walk around all buttoned up. God forbid you even intimate you had sex with Beyonce in the morning. God bless her. God bless her. Let her cry. Hootie and the Blowfish. She never lets me I said that I don't care, I just run my hands to a dark hair, then I pray to God you gotta help me fly away, and just let her cry. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. How many of us Texting me that you love Nancy Mace and she's refreshing. Like I've been saying, you know, look at a guy like me, for example. You all love me. You all love me. And right. Yeah. No, totally. As you should. Yeah. Everyone. And I go from talking serious topics with a number of people, President Trump, Bill O'Reilly, Rich Lowry, Peter King. It doesn't matter. I mean, Gordon Chang. I discuss every day on this show, the mayor, Eric Adams. That the biggest names in politics, I discuss the most serious subjects going on in our city, our state, and our country today. And I've earned the respect of all of these people. Okay, I'm well past the days of interviewing backup second baseman Joe McEwing. 
I've earned the respect of the biggest, most important people in the country. Carrie Lake, Nancy May. So this goes on and on. And I can go from that interview, the very next segment, I can be talking about farting in my sleep or watching porn. So is that inappropriate? No, but why? Because that's a prayer breakfast? She never said the word sex. There was nothing graphic there. If she said, sorry, I'm late. I just said anal with my boyfriend. Okay. Wow. Wow, that would have oh been really cool, all right? Been... <laughs> Look at Noam. Noam's like, hey, now. Yeah, oh, oh, stop oh, with that. That yeah. got me excited. But she didn't do that. <laughs> what she said was, my boyfriend grabbed me by the waist and tried to drag me back to bed. So you're telling me just the intimation of sex doesn't belong at a prayer breakfast? Will you stop it? That's the issue today. Hypocrites, stop it. She was getting laughs, too. crowd was laughing. They all laughed. Yeah. Yeah, I used to work for a guy named Don Imus. You may have heard of him. Oh. And I would say the most god-awful things. I admit it. I admit it. I'm remorseful today. I'm apologetic. I apologize for lots of stuff that I said in both of my books. But my job was to make the I-Man happy. That was my job. That was it. And the I-Man couldn't get enough of that stuff. Then he would feign this whore. He'd fire me, suspend me, all that degenerate Rosenberg. He loved it. Took his two little fingers under the table and said, give me more, give me more, give me more. But on air, oh, my God, we got to suspend Sid. I'm not having my name attached to him. But he loved it. Those are the same folks yesterday giving Nancy Mace a hard time. And if you texted me this morning and thought it was inappropriate, I may love you, but you're stupid. I'm sick of this bullcrap hypocrisy in America. Human beings have sex. Oh, my God. What a horrible thing. In this day and age, it might be. Yeah, you're right. Uh, famed defense attorney Joseph Tacopina is going to join me coming up here in about six minutes. And his client, President Donald Trump, they added more charges to the classified document case. Now 40 charges. 40. That's insane. They've also named a third defendant. So we'll talk to Tacopina about that and other issues. I think he went to Spamoni Gardens last night. Why do people continue to tell me about that? They know I can't stand that place. Now, I know Artie Idala gave me the number of the owner, which I have not contacted yet. And I may one day, I don't know, because I admit the food is pretty good, but they treat you like garbage there. Like, who are you? Please, you're making pizza. So well, we'll talk to Tack coming up. And then, top of the 9 o'clock hour, she was with Curtis Sliwa last night. City Hall contends they've got a good relationship with her. Curtis says, I don't buy it. We'll find out the truth. As I once said, if you don't love Vicky Palladino, you don't love Jesus. That checks out. And Vicky will join us at 9.05. It checks out? Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. You believe that, don't you? She's right up there with Jesus. <laughs> She's right there, right there. So we uh, spoke to Christopher Mad Dog Russo about an hour ago, and the Mets look like they're in cell mode. Hard to believe 101 games into the season, excuse me, make that 102. The Mets have already lost 54 games. There are six games under 500, nowhere near wild card contention, and about 20 back of the Braves. And I asked Dog, I said, if I would have asked you this back in March, what would you have said? He said, I would have thought you were nuts. But it's true. So yesterday the Mets dealt away their closer. Former Yankee David Robertson, which really goes to show you that they're basically moving on. 
and a bunch of the Met press spoke about dealing Robertson to a division rival who right now is playing much better baseball than the Mets are in the wild card race, the Miami Marlins. Here is New York Met manager Buck Showalter on the Mets dealing David Robertson, Justin Ellick, cut number 22. Robbie's been a rock, but uh, we got some other people capable of doing that job too. Rails was good, but uh, Robbie's been just like we thought, you know, especially with the way, you know, the rest he's gotten and the, you know, proud of the way Dom and, and uh, especially Jeremy handled him with his rest and stuff, and we got a good return from it. You can tell he's upset. He's frustrated. Buck, I mean, you're trading away my closer. There's still 60 games to go. The trade deadline comes your way, I believe, Tuesday. Here is Mets GM Billy Epler on the real truth as to why David Robertson this morning is a Miami Marlin and not a New York Met. Cut number 23. We were, uh, you know, faced with, um, you know, where our club was at this uh, at this time of the season. And um, I've had a number of inquiries on our players. Um, and we were listening. And... Um, in this circumstance, the um, you know the value of the players that um, we acquired, um, you know, kind of exceeded um, you know um, our expectations, and so we uh, we executed it. And one more, this is New York Met superstar shortstop Francisco Lindor on losing his teammate David Robertson in a deal to the Marlins, cut number twenty-four. He's an amazing teammate. Um, the team that he's going to, I believe, um, is the Marlins. Um, they're going to get an amazing player and even better person. And just like I told him, I say, you're a true professional. But what I respect you the most is for is you're an amazing dad. Um, his son was here every day, every single day. And it's, you know, that's, he's an amazing teammate. So I'm definitely going to miss him. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to miss him around here for sure. My daughter's asleep in the uh, one of these studios in the back. She's going to walk over or take a bus, I guess, or a cab, I should say, to the Port Authority and take the bus to upstate New York to my mother's house. Ava's going today, and then me, my beautiful wife, Danielle, and my son, Gabriel, will leave tomorrow morning and spend Saturday and Sunday up in Kanyaga Lake with uh, Naomi. You all, you, you all love her, Naomi Rosenberg. We're going to see you. For the first time this summer, she's been suffering, and I mean suffering from vertigo. So we'll do that tomorrow. Again, a special thanks to all the folks talking about Gabriel that showed up in his game last night. His team did win. They've now won two straight, evened up the record at 2-2. Two and two. Gabe and the guys endured one by one, came back from 11-point deficit. Thank you to Mike and Donna Sullivan. They showed up last night. Mike's kids, Andrew and Austin, won their game as well on the court right next to ours. Jason Sapolo former Syracuse star, used to date uh, Dr. Melfi. Lorraine Bracco, he was there with his kid last night. Obviously, my coach, Brian Mullen, his legendary father. We love this guy. Now he's a huge fan of sitting friends in the morning. A Rockaway hero, Flip Mullen, all those folks that uh, showed up last night. Thank you very much for that. All right. We uh, get back to the great guests. We've got two in a row about to come your way now. The next guest, famed defense attorney, dear friend of mine for 46 years, and he is Donald Trump's attorney on two of the cases, Joseph Tacopina. Then we go to Queens to speak to Vicky Palladino.
If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Well, it would interfere with the election, there's no doubt. But if he has, in fact, committed serious crimes, that's his fault, not the prosecution's fault. But if it's... Uh, an elective indictment, if it's something that could either go uh, one way or the other, then it shouldn't be brought during an election campaign. Uh, he now will face at least three indictments, perhaps the fourth one in Fulton County. And uh, look, I have a constitutional right to do what I've done twice, that is to vote against Donald Trump on the merits. And I intend to exercise that constitutional right, and I don't want prosecutors to take that away from me and the millions of other people who want to vote either for or against Donald Trump. The vote should be up to the people, the citizens, not up to a bunch of bureaucrats who decide uh, that he should be indicted. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to My friend right there, the great constitutional attorney, Alan Dershowitz, who's become a regular on the program, talking about this latest trumped-up indictment charge for Donald Trump. And, of course, you've got Mar-a-Lago. That's the uh, third on the way. Georgia, the fourth on the way. Before I get to my dear friend of 46 years and the best defense attorney in the world today, in the world, Joseph Tacopina, do want to wish Heshi Organbaum. Our good friend, Heshi Organbaum, a very happy 35th birthday. Happy birthday, Heshi. And my dear, dear, dear friend, Joseph Nunziata, and his beautiful wife, Susan, who is a rabid fan of this show. She loves this show. Nunzi and Susan celebrating their 34-year wedding anniversary. Got me beat by uh, two and a half years. Wow. Yes, today. And Susan, what a sweet lady this is. She actually gave a kidney to a friend of hers a year ago, and she's doing great. So all three of you folks, Heshi Organbaum, Joe and Susan, Nunziata, I love you all. This guy I love, too. I love him a lot. 46 years, Donald Trump's attorney, as well as many other famous names, the great Joseph Tacopina. Joseph, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm good, brother. I'm, I'm full still from last night. I, I was at Gravesend, you know, where you, you do that terrific acting on that show. Yeah. Um, and went to LMB last night, and I just Lenny 
it just did not stop bringing food and yeah. had the pizza. I mean, things that I've never seen before, but sure. yeah. I don't think I'll ever eat food again. Um, yeah. I think I'm done. I think I'm, I'm completely done. So, yeah. and he says hello to you and no, he doesn't going through that area. He does not I mean, say hello to me. I, I, that show was. I hate that place. What? How can you say that? How can you say that? Seriously? You hate LMB's for morning guard. Yes, I hate it. I, I don't hate the food. His food, Lenny's food is, is spectacular. So you don't know Best the history. In the world. What happened was when I moved back to New York in 2016, before I became the raging superstar I am today. <laughs> you are. But I was already on WABC with Bernard. I mean, I had some name FAN years ago. And I would go to L&B all the time because I lived in Brooklyn with my sister Ray Sherry, as you know, in Mill Basin. And I would go with Danielle and Ava and Gabe to L&B, and I would stand online for 40 minutes, 50 minutes. And uh, one day I got aggravated. And I said, you know... Craig Carton walks right in. Boomer Esiason walks right in. Steve Schripper walks right in. Audie Idala owns the place. I know he's a Brooklyn guy. He's an attorney, but he's got one-tenth the amount of fame that I've got. Why am I always online? I swear to God. And they said they said nothing to me, and I came back once more, waited 45 minutes, and said, shove your pizza up your ass. And I've yeah, never, but, and I've never gone what, back since. You know what, though? How would Lenny have known that? Lenny needs to know that because Lenny would roll the red carpet out for you, Sid. He loves you. He talked about you last night. I told him I was going to mention you on the show this morning. Um, he thought you were amazing in Gravesend, by the way. And <laughs> and he's the best pizza in the world. So I know. Bygones be bygones. That pizza is well, worth waiting for. Well, you know what's if funny you knew is. You were there. You would have. I know. What's, know what, what's funny is Idala sent me Lenny's number. I swear to God, attack. About three weeks ago, Idala sends me Lenny's number and he goes, Listen, Lenny really does love you. And I'm like, Well, I listen. I love him, and I love his food, and there's no question that L&B Spumoni Gardens is a landmark. I mean, you can't even compare. I don't want to hear about Ray's Pizza 20 years ago. Oh, Nothing. Please. Right. So so I, I am willing to bury the hatchet. So you're telling me I should call him. I should call him. If I just scrolled up to that L&B and, and Lenny and Noah was there and no one recognized me, I waited in lots 40 minutes, too. How does how the little little Mexican dude at the front know that you're who right. you are? I mean, right. right? He's just a guy taking names. Yeah, I guess. Lenny, right. he'll have a table waiting right. for you. Right. And we'll go together. We'll grab my dad. That's we'll good. We'll go together. We'll I like Bruce that. Harriet. Right. We'll get Bruce Chariot. We'll get the whole crew. We'll go. Bruce Chariot. That's funny. But you, you know, you. everybody knows who you are. Uh, and it's been a long time. You've been very, very... Famous for a long time, but but now especially, I know you're going to be on Sean Hannity again tonight. He loves you as he should, representing Donald Trump the way you do. And, and you heard the uh, the quote that I played from Alan Dershowitz, which basically said, this is election interference. Let's stop. Even if Jack Smith has something on that second one, the classified documents case, these other three, Georgia, January 6th, Alvin Bragg and the city, they're embarrassing. And now, Joseph, now they've added... More charges to the second one. Now 40 counts, a third defendant on the one they may have him on, which is the classified documents. But even that one speaks to the same thing, election interference. Yes? Yeah, uh, look, Alan said it perfectly. Let the people decide who they want to be the president. What this smacks of is them trying to kneecap and remove Joe Biden's chief political opponent for presidency, a guy who happens to be leading Biden in polls. And and they're deciding who the American people will have a choice to elect. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Look, here, here's the bottom line. He's the leader of the Republican Party right now. He's the front runner for the presidency of 2024. 
Um, he's leading Biden, and, and he's just being held to a different standard of justice. And I've been saying that since I entered the case and, and started having the privilege of representing President Trump. He's being held to and that's what really gets me going, that he's being held to a different standard of justice because of politics. This latest indictment, juxtaposed to the Hunter Biden situation from a day earlier, is proof positive of a two-tiered system of justice under Biden, where where one could escape scrutiny and other, another can be absolutely excoriated for any technicality they could find. They'll shake that, that book out and see whatever comes out, and they're going to throw it at him. They'll throw it at him until his knees bend, and his knees don't bend. And there's going to be a collision course here that's going to be ferocious. My buddy Anthony just texted me, too. I buy a lot of my clothing these days at his place, the garage in Brooklyn, up from Simone Gardens, uh, Gardens, and he said, I told you I could fix it, and you said no. So I got Takapina, I got Idala, I've got Anthony all on the job to, to fix go it. Together. We yeah. have to go together. But we'll you're go right. together. And then you take me to the garage. I want to go to the garage. Too. Oh, he's got, you see how I dress? You dress wonderfully as well. You look great in his clothing. But you're right, you're right about this. So what's interesting is, initially, I think Sean Hannity was having you on tonight to talk about Hunter Biden. But now, with the trumped-up charges on Donald Trump, I would imagine he's going to want from you what you just gave me, which is look at the difference between the two. Yeah, I mean, look look at the differences, right? What happened to the classified documents investigation, a special prosecutor uh, that was looking at Joe Biden's classified document possession, which were spread all over the place, not not a place like Mar-a-Lago, which is a fortress, by the way, um, but they were in a university, they were in a garage, they were next to a Corvette, I mean, it's like on the floor, and there was a special <laughs> prosecutor pointed, but you've never heard another word about it. Here, they're looking at every piece of paper and every document, and again, what this, to the American public, look, perception is reality, Sid, and people out there, and I, well, I can't tell you how many people came up to me last night at, at LMB, but people out there are, are saying, Remember, this is the perception of the common folk, not the lawyer, the person who understands the federal sentencing guidelines and the rules and everything else. They're saying, how come the president's son commits tax fraud brazenly? Not not a, not even a defense because he was ready to plead guilty to that. Possesses a gun illegally, is, is basically an unregistered foreign agent, and it was going to get away with it. Literally a slap on the wrist, no jail time, nothing. And with Donald Trump, they're talking about, I don't know, 653 years in jail, if you put it all together right now. <laughs> yeah. um, which, you know, he's a, a strong guy, but that's a lot of years in jail for anyone. Uh, you know, I mean, how can you, how can someone yeah. from the outside looking in think that this yeah. is a fair administration it's of justice? Not. It is not. It's not. It's a joke. Uh, now you think, though, in your heart of hearts that of those 653 years, Donald Trump will not serve one day, right? I don't think he'll serve right. one day. I mean, right. I'll tell you in the Manhattan case, you know, I've been very confident, very outspoken about that case from day one. That's that's maybe the most outrageous. That's not maybe. That is the most outrageous of them all. That's not even a crime. Um, that was a political hit job if I've ever seen one. Um, you know, this documents cases. I mean, they're being so hyper technical about things. And there, by the way, there's a real dispute in the law here. Don't forget that there's the Presidential Records Act that is going to come into play here. So there's going to be some real, real legal battles in this case. Well, hold on one second. I'm glad you brought that up because there's no better legal mind than you. Yes, the presidential act is one thing, but the trumped-up charge today, and the one I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe they're really centered on here, Merrick Garland and and the federal government, is obstruction, which they did bring up again yesterday when they added those, uh, those new counts. The obstruction possibility, does that not exist? 
Well, but the charge exists. The reality of it is based on what? Based on what? Somebody that they brought to their knees, the prosecutors threatened them with decades in jail, some guy who, who basically makes, I don't know, $50,000 a year who, who can't even fight for himself. I know how it works. I used to be a prosecutor. Sid. I know what happens. The uh, amount of pressure they could put on an individual to bend and say something. Remember, there's no recordings of obstruction. There's no there's no videos of obstruction. Hold on. There's when we say obstruction, the, the, what they're saying is, just for folks out there that don't follow as yeah. closely as you and I, what they're saying is basically that Donald Trump went out of his way to make sure people in and around him protected him. Is that fair to say? Lied for him? That's, lied for him? That's lied from at his direction, at his direction, they're saying. It's not, listen, if someone decides they want to protect Donald Trump and he didn't know about it, that's not Donald Trump's obstruction of justice. It's, he had to direct this act, okay? And and there really, really is, the evidence here is, first of all, if they had that evidence, they would have brought it initially. So what they now have is they were trying to put pressure on on the the caretaker of Mar-a-Lago, the Oliveira or whatever his name is. They were trying to put pressure on him. And they waited a month, two months, three months, and clearly they, they realized that was never going to happen. He was never going to flip, cooperate, say things that perhaps weren't true just to curry favor with the prosecutors and get out from under. Uh, he stood his ground, and they said, okay, good, we'll indict you now, too. And, and, and that's what happens. I mean, it's like, play ball with us, or we're coming after you. How's Will Norta uh, and, and, and De Oliveira going to defend themselves against the, the, the might of the Department of Justice that's spearheaded by a Department of Justice that's, that's favoring the, 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 the current president? You know, looking the other way when it comes to his family, but anything Trump-related, we're going to go after him with a fury. If they could apply the death penalty to this case, they would have. Um, and it's, that's that's what's sad, really sad, yeah. because it, it's so clear now. We have, a, a, you know, a, a hit directed by, you know, the Biden DOJ on a presidential candidate. Right. Let the let the let the elections run its course and then see what happens. You know, I'm curious. We had a great discussion last week, too. You're great every week about uh, cases you would and wouldn't take. You mentioned Harvey Weinstein. Uh, this is, uh, let's assume, it's a hypothetical, of course, but let's assume it's before you got that phone call from President Trump. And right now you've got no political clients. And before mm-hmm. Trump calls you, the Bidens call you. <laughs> Listen, Hunter's having all kinds of issues, blah, blah, blah. Would you represent Hunter Biden in, in any one of these 90,000 issues he's involved in? Would you have taken that case? I have to say no, sir. I mean, look, that, that didn't really? happen, right? But, but, but I'll tell you why I would say no. To represent someone, I need one of two things. I need to either love the person like you, no matter what anyone Thank accuses you. you of doing. I love you. I represent you. Stand by your side. Thank you. No matter what. I have people like that. You know that. Yes. I did yes. that with Imus. I did that with other people I really care about. Conversely, I have to believe in the case or the cause. I really have to feel like strong about what we're fighting for. When President Trump came to me and I looked at the Manhattan District Attorney's case and the, these other cases that are non-political in, 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 in name, but have the undertones of, of political sort of uh, weaponization of the justice system, I got very involved, mentally, emotionally, and personally involved because I can't stand what I feel abuses of the system. I hate it. It was with all my clients. Meek Mill, look at Meek Mill's case. I mean, that's a long time ago, about six, seven years ago, but... But that was a case where this guy was being run over by a judge who was abusing her power, 
Okay. Now, Meek, fortunately, had the wherewithal to fight that. But what he did was fight that for the voiceless, the people who didn't have that wherewithal. And he formed a reform system. And Michael Rubin, who was a great friend and a great client and, and a celebrity in his own right, yeah. really spearheaded this reform organization, a reform movement organization with Jessica Jackson, uh, Van Jones, and others who really have now focused on helping people not be run over by a system when they can't afford to. So so to me, those are the things that get my – that's my dopamine, Sid. That's my dopamine. <laughs> yeah. So with Hunter Biden, a guy who has disgraced his family, um, has, has abused his power – Constantly, you know. Look, there are many people I said no to. Harvey Weinstein, right? I mean, if they asked me, I wouldn't even think about that. Right? Not right. even think about it. Right? Just, yeah. Just, it has to be right no. for me. Yeah. Everyone's entitled. Everyone's entitled to a, a, a vigorous defense. No, I get that. Right. But not everyone's entitled to my vigorous. Defense. Right. So, even even Rex you know. Uerman, uh is entitled to an attorney. Sixty seconds to go. I had Rudy on yesterday, and the price is going crazy. And now he's admitted he lied about these two oh, Georgia elections. God, boy, I know. But they've really misspun that one. I know, they did. And, and, and Rudy was great on this show yesterday explaining all of that. But I said to Rudy, I said, you wake up in the morning, does it bother you that people hate you? And i got to be honest, Joe, since you started representing Donald Trump and showing up on Sean Hannity's show twice a week, I do read some stuff which really bothers me because I love you that's negative about you. Does that bother you? Oh, that's, it doesn't bother me. Look, the, the, when, you, when you play in the big leagues, you're going to get hit by a fastball every now and then, right? I love it. I knew coming into this case that there was going to be that, right? I mean, I had some great sit. <laughs> this, I, I, actually, I'm shocked by the, the, the press I've gotten since I've represented the president. I mean, the Washington Post perhaps wrote the best feature I may have ever had. It was the Washington great. Washington Post is no fan yes. of Donald Trump. New York Magazine, Fox News, USA Today, the New York Post, Wall Street Journal, and Bloomberg, and New York Law Journal all wrote these glowing pieces about me. And I didn't do that, for this case, for that. But I got them, and it's based on merit. It's based on my track record of success, which is not really disputable. But then, of course, the far left who hates all things Trump and will try and excoriate all things Trump have taken pot shots. But they're from idiots who've never seen the inside <laughs> of a well of a courtroom, who've never tried a case, who are cowards, who are jealous, who are just haters. And if you fight for Donald Trump hard, they will say that you're the devil, that you're, you're a horrible person, you're incompetent, you're whatever. They don't like people who have the, the let's say, balls, yeah. the strength, to yeah. literally stand up for someone they hate more than the devil, okay? And and if they, they because they're, they're, they're threatened by that, their only, you know, means is to attack because they have the power of the pen. But when you look at the people who write that stuff, you know, they're, they're, they're 25-year-old, like, people, yeah. kids in their basement, you know, <laughs> in their underwear, like, writing blogs, getting paid $12 a, an article, yeah. and being posted for bait flick, you know, or clickbait, whatever they call yeah. it. To get on the no, it's, it's, you're so, right. it's so irrelevant. It does, I don't lose a minute sleep over it because when the New York Times – and and Wall Street Journal and Washington Post starts writing negative stuff about me, then I'll then I'll say, geez, maybe I've done something wrong. <laughs> not right. the case here. So I'm not not too worried about Good. you know I don't know crime and 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 noncrime dot com or whatever the hell I call these. Uh, good for you, Joseph. No, you're uh, you're an amazing person, a tremendous tremendous attorney. I am proud of you. I'm proud to be your friend. I'm thrilled for your success. And I'll be watching you tonight on Sean Hannity, folks, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Fox News. He's my best buddy of 46 years. He is the great attorney, Joseph Tacopina. Nicely done, Taco. See you at LMB. All right, love you, sir. I love you, too. Joseph Tacopina, big 9 o'clock hour about to come your way. A little more of your love by the outfield.
This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From our friends. 77 WABC. Why are you treating illegal aliens better than you're treating Americans? Why are you treating illegal aliens better than you're treating Americans? With or without you, as we start our fourth and final hour of this epic Friday show, the last hour of the week, 9-12 in your steamy hot Friday morning. Temperatures about 95 today. We'll do 90s again tomorrow. That makes it an official heat wave. Three consecutive days of 90-plus degree temperatures before we return to a sense of normalcy, a semblance, 82 degrees on Sunday. You did hear the audio there, Eric Adams, back and forth with some lady. And um, he said, I hear, you know, you have an accent. And uh, Eric, who you guys know, I always have to preface by saying this. You know, it's kind of like saying, you know, there were Muslims in the plains, but Muslims are good people. Or, or uh, you know, George Floyd was a bad guy, but black people are good people. You always got to do that stuff these days. It's so annoying, but you got to do it. You got to do it. So I'm friendly with Eric, but this guy goes to the race car. I mean, God, he doesn't stop. He actually made a, a quote yesterday while talking about the heat, which it didn't even matter that black people die twice as much as white people in these conditions. And that may be true because, well, I guess, you know, there's, there's the job issue, the air conditioning unit issue, the amount of blacks percentage-wise that live on the streets or do drugs. But it just doesn't, you just need to throw that in there. It doesn't make any sense. It does that stuff all the time. So long story short, Curtis Sliwa had two major rallies yesterday about the migrant issue. One was in the morning by Creedmoor, and the second was last night by St. Agnes. And I got a long text from somebody at City Hall because I'm very well connected, very well. I'm more powerful than all these politicians, trust me. Just trust me. And they said, listen, 
St. Agnes, the plans haven't changed. It's temporary. We're still going to build a high school. Vicky Palladino knows that. I said to Curtis, I said, you know, you made it sound like you and Vicky were mad, and City Hall is telling me they talk to Vicky all the time. She's not mad. So now I do what I always do, like when I brought on Pot Rider yesterday or Trump or everybody else. I go to that person. So here she is, happens to be one of my favorite politicians in this city, and that is Vicky Palladino. Vicky, good morning, sweetheart. How are you? Hey, good morning. How are you? Happy Friday. How's everything, Sid? I guess you're happy. It's nice and hot, right? You yeah. like the beach? Yeah, I yeah, love the beach. Your weather, right? I, I love the beach. That's why I moved to uh, to Rockaway Beach. I'm two right. blocks. Away. But I don't like this weather. I mean, I don't like I don't like it too hot. I don't like it too cold. I, I really uh, there don't. There you go. That's exactly. Isn't that all about life? We yeah. don't like it. Too, we don't like it too right. We don't like it too left. We just like it down the middle, right? <laughs> You're right about that. You're right. So so I get a text. So Curtis is on yesterday morning. He's like, and I'm going out there with Vicky and St. Agnes, and they're not going to turn that school into a migrant center. And I got a text from City Hall. They go, listen, Sid, the truth is it's a respite. It's three months. The plans are the same. We're going to build a beautiful high school. We talk to Vicky all the time. So let's start right there. Is that true? Are you in direct contact with somebody Absolutely. in Adam's office all the time? Absolutely. All the time. All the time. And uh, this is one of the things uh, I think that I'm most proud about is the fact that my open. Now, we could disagree and disagree vehemently about what's going on. Uh, however, the fact that we're open communications and we could, you know, remember that uh, word we used to have for conversation and negotiation and try to figure this out. I'm happy to say that's the type of relationship I've got, uh, even though, like I said, disagree uh, a great deal. But that's how we come to the table to try to figure out what we're going to do here. This is my neck of the woods. This is District 19. And I, you know, I, I, I don't like what's going on. I don't like what's going on as a whole. But if it's going to come here, we have to make sure it's done right. And that's my job, and that's what I do best. No, you do. Uh, and look, you're a tough lady, so there are some that are saying yeah. Vicky's real tough. And Vicky, when she exactly. says, I don't like it, is being nice. She hates it. But she knows that to further, mm-hmm. to stay in office, to further her relationship with the city, that she has to almost dance, dance just a little bit for the mayor and this administration. Are you doing what a I, little bit of dancing, or are you no, being yourself? I, I actually, actually, Sid, I was just going to correct you. I, I didn't want to interrupt your thought. <laughs> so what I will say is this. In order for my district to get treated the best way possible, the best way to do it is you chose the word dance, I chose the word conversation. So that's, that's open communication, op- open dialogue. You know, what's going on in the city right now is an absolute disaster. Make no mistake that I am, it's totally unacceptable to me that they chose the former St. Agnes High School. I'm totally against that. But the fact is, is that it's coming. So how do I make the best of what's already been predetermined and and, and decided upon? It's not, it's, it, it was never not going to happen. You know, you find out about these things, Sid, as a city council member, you know, at 8 o'clock in the morning, 
maybe 24 hours, maybe six hours, maybe 48 hours before it actually happens. So when you're dealt a hand, you got to play. Yep. You got to do. Yep. You got to do the right thing yep. by your district. That's so all that's fair. What I've done. That's all fair. So tell me then, the contention again from the person I spoke to is: it's a respite. It's three months. The plans remain the same. They're going to build that a beautiful correct. high school. That's all true. Yes, yes, that is all true. Uh, what we did manage to do, which I'm very proud of, because this all came came to me at eight o'clock in the morning. Said I didn't sleep for two days <laughs> because of the because of the communication. I waited until 4.30 on Thursday afternoon. We we went on a Zoom call. I was on with seven people from the mayor's office, including, you know, our deputies, you know, his chief of staff. We had deputy mayors. I had the top advisors to the mayor on this call. And uh, it went it went as well as I I could ever hope. Because 300 men roaming the streets of College Point for even a day is 300 men too many. Yeah. So the lack of police protection, the fact that it's across the street from a middle school, and we've got two elementary schools two blocks away and then another one maybe five to eight blocks away. So this was my bone of contention. My bone of contention was fix it. Fix it. I cannot have this happen yeah. in my neighborhood, in my district. You know, I didn't so know was- I, I don't I don't know your district that well. So Vicky, mm-hmm. as you just pointed out, what's in very close proximity to where these migrants are, okay, mm-hmm. all these elementary schools and other schools, I gotta tell you, it ain't right. No, I know. I know, but it's coming anyway, Sid. Look. Did every possible empty building, every possible bit of land that they could use, they're going to use. Now, remember, like the Anchor Inn, that was on that list for people who are willing to do it, private private ownership. This building was bought, St. Agnes. Everybody thought that St. Agnes was still under the Brooklyn Diocese. False. St. Agnes was bought by the BOE. Over two years ago, and the plans for it to become a high school by 2026 is still in place. The fact that this did not become a permanent shelter for the time being, two years a year, is a huge accomplishment. Right, this right. is a respite center. Yeah. It's for three to six months, three to uh, 60 to 90 days. And these people will be passing through a respite. Oh, but, 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 but how do you know that? Let me stop you for a second. I know right. that they, I, I, I know they, I know they told you that, but is there a written contract that promises you that? Yes, there is, they have a 90 day contract, period. That's it. 90 days they're out. I have changed the dynamics of this shelter from 300 men to 100 women. And then it will be Total, total, total number never changed, 300, but I am getting adult families. In other words, they are complete families. These are not strays that came together to be a family to come to this respite center. So I have a mother with two adult children, so nobody's going to be coming into our schools. Uh, I will be having a mother and a father. 
you understand, already families yep. that are already put together. But right. the number is not going to exceed 300. I also have the guarantee, the guarantee from the deputy mayor, uh, Phil Banks, that extra police will be put on around this facility, around St. Agnes, for the duration that it's there. Do I like it? I will repeat myself. No, I don't. Did I have conversations? I most certainly did. Do I did, did I do the best we possibly could for my district after two days of constant going back and forth with the cooperation of the mayor's office? And I am using the word cooperation. Yes, we did. Am I hoping they stick to it? They know they damn well better. <laughs> you know, big. I, I hear you too. I love you. I really do. And uh, I hear you yelling and and uh, aggravated as you should be. It really is. It really is is terrible. Am but, I yelling? Too? No, no, you're not yelling. I mean, you're no, you're, you're clearly. You're... Normal tone of voice. <laughs> I know you're like my mom. But on a serious note, they should take these migrants. For example, uh, people are talking a lot about the 2024 presidential election. We know it's very, very important. Trump has to win. But people are not paying close enough attention to the 2023, this November, city council elections. These are hugely important. Why don't they take these migrants, for example, a guy like Justin Brennan, who I've known for 23 years, who's not a bad guy, but is a horrible politician and is ruining the city. Why don't they put the migrants in his neighborhood in Bay Ridge and leave you alone? Oh no! Listen, I did uh, this. I don't even want to go bragging on the radio. I don't want any more. Uh, I'm saying every district is dictated to by the city, and uh, there's a map coming out, and I want to see that map as does everybody else because it's going to be a tit for tat thing. Well, she's got two. Well, he's got six, and I've got eight, and you've got one, and it's not fair. But uh, every district. Has, is getting their fair share, has their fair share. Look, one is too many, okay? And let's remember, people voted for this. So let's backtrack to what you originally said. How do these people get voted in? We have a major election in November. My, my opponent on the Democratic ticket has gone so far left, but they peddle this BS to their constituents, to make them think that they are middle ground. They are the furthest thing from it. The nicest Democrats that I know, the nicest Democrats I know, the moderates that I know, the few that are left in the council, they go for all of this. They don't fight like I do. They don't do this. Mm. They, don't, they don't do it. Mm. Uh, and, and this is what we're up against. And you just said a very, you made a very good point. You know, Justin Brennan, Justin is Justin. He's over there in Brooklyn. You know, they look, look at the budget. We just okayed $4.2 billion more in fiscal year 24, which is compounded on top of what we have already allocated to this situation, which we are exceeding at close to $8 million a day. Jesus. This is unsustainable. Mm. Let's circle back to the original thing here. How do we stop this, Sid? There's no end game. 
Go on. This is what makes me very nervous. Well, no, you could stop it by voting the right way. And, uh, That's look, correct. Th- there you go. That's so, and by the way, Justin Brennan, you mentioned 4.2 billion, not just a city council member, but he's actually in charge of the money. This That's guy's in charge correct. of like a hundred billion dollars. So, uh, that is correct. Right. 101.1 so, right, billion. And- right. So come November, how do you stop it? You vote for Vicky Paladino. You vote for Ari Kagan over Justin Brennan. You vote for Inna Vernikov over whatever dope Democrat she's running against. That's how you stop it. That's how you stop it. And knowledge is power. And if if I give everybody one word of advice, as I often do almost every time I speak, is check. It's not hard to check their voting record. Go online. It's public knowledge. Find out if your council member voted for the way you want to live or did they vote against what you believe in. But whispered in your ear or said in a broad uh, stroke, rally that they give or in newspaper uh, clips that they give little pieces that they give to you or to whoever yeah, that is total BS go to their record see how they voted and when you see how they voted change the way you vote because they're not voting for what you want and what's best for your community all politics are local local one person one vote it's up to the people to do their job. We're doing ours. I'm doing mine. It's up to them to do theirs. You know, we walked the boulevard, College Point Boulevard on Saturday, and we saw people standing with AOC holding up posters that said, Socialist for Avella. Standing with, so let, don't let Tony go peddling his BS all over here because <laughs> nobody here is buying it. Oh, okay, God. and that's yeah. a little plug for myself. Vicki, you are a great American. I love you. Thanks for hopping on today. Continue the good fight as you do every day. You really are, in my opinion, a treasured local politician. Have yourself a good weekend. Stay cool. We'll hey, talk you again. Too, Sid. You too, Sid. Take care, honey. I'll see you soon. All right, Vicki. Take guys. care. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, bye-bye. My wife points out, the beautiful Danielle, she's right. Elections matter, man. Whether it's mayor. I just talked about city council. It's not just about Trump versus Biden. If you care about this city like I do, New York City, your big day is not 2024. Your big day is November 2023. Help us clean up our city and vote the right, double entendre, vote the right way. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.